for clicking on the video. This is going to be another episode of SNTR Gaming News where we cover the Modern Warfare 2 leaked gameplay info. It is about a new game mode, how long it's been worked on, some really good details from notable leaker Tom Henderson, and we're going to be combing over that. I actually checked with him in a DM. Is there anything I should highlight, anything I'm missing? Uh, And he said the new game mode is really the big highlight. So if you like these types of streams, be sure to click subscribe and the bell button so you don't miss my live streams. I usually start the live stream with this very quick segment to give you the goods really, really quick. And then we discuss it for a couple of hours. So make sure and hit subscribe and the bell button so you don't miss these streams. This is an SNTR update. Leaks about Modern Warfare 2, a new game mode, and how long it's been worked out has actually landed from notable leaker Tom Henderson. And we have portions of an article about that if you like these very quick update videos be sure to hit subscribe and the bell button or check out SNTR Gaming where I streamed this live so I'm going to pull some of this from Game Rant this is what they had to say in a recent series of tweets gaming journalist and uh, prognosticator Tom Henderson stated that Call of Duty 2022 will be the first in the series to enjoy a full three year development cycle he also speculated that the so called DMZ mode a spec ops mode replacement theorized to borrow from open world tactical shooters like Escape from Tarkov has actually been in development in some fashion since early 2018 meaning that it would have more than four years of work behind it if it were to launch alongside the upcoming title so check out Tom's video if you'd like he goes on I believe it's about a 20 minute video walking through a lot of what I'm going to give you here, which is just the Cliffs Notes. So be sure to show him some love on his video or his Twitter uh, if, you, if you'd like to stay up to date on these sorts of things. So DMZ, what, what is this? This is going to be a brand new mode that will be similar to uh, Escape from Tarkov. So think of this as like, it's not really a BR, but it's also not the traditional Call of Duty arena shooter. It's landing in a new category because, you know, Tarkov has been pretty popular. Now, it will use Modern Warfare 2 maps, but they will be points of interest. So instead of like being on, you know, some of the more famous maps, like, like what, what's one of them, like Flavella or whatever it's called, it'll be a point of interest on the map. There will also be loot elements and AI elements to uh, to the experience. So again, it'll be similar to other games in this genre. And it's been worked on for like a really, really long time in comparison to other Call of Duty dev cycles. Three, maybe four years. I see this as the beginning of a third fork sort of strategy for Call of Duty. They have the arena and that's sort of where CDL and esports can kind of live, like the more stripped down arena and some of the new modes they tried to put there. Then you have Battle Royale and all the different modes they have in Warzone. Plunder was very, very fun whenever we played it, and Warzone is insanely popular. Then this will be the open world tactical uh, version of Call of Duty. So it seems like what they're trying to do is have a Call of Duty for every single one of those lanes, as opposed to just battle royale and arena so trying to kind of mix it up a little bit now my big question here and this was a question that i had before call of duty vanguard came out is will warzone's popularity be a question that ends up hurting or maybe cannibalizing any new call of duties that launch it's kind of like why grand theft auto won't launch a new grand theft auto for a really long time because gta is so insanely popular and makes so much money warzone's in a similar category now it's kind of become a behemoth and a leviathan in the industry and that can hurt any Call of Duty that launches. 
this might be why they're just deciding to do something more stripped down more tactical and more different than a lot of what they've traditionally done with arena and battle royale so to summarize leaks about modern warfare 2 have arrived and they outline that the game has been in development for a really long time probably since 2018 or before and it will feature a brand new game mode being called the dmz mode or dmz and it will be a lot like escape from tarkov it will have loot elements it will have ai elements and modern warfare 2 maps will be used in this mode as points of interest as opposed to being maps themselves this feels to me since it's been in development like since about 2018 this is part of their three-pronged approach they're going to kind of have the arena kind of the stripped down gameplay for esports then they have warzone for the battle royale events and sort of the battle royale style and then this will be the other sort of new kind of first person shooter genre that has emerged with games like escape from tarkov sort of like open world tactical warzone's popularity is still a question on whether or not it will hurt this game's launch what do you think about these leaks are you excited about a grand brand new game mode like dmz let me know in the comments below as always if you like these videos hit subscribe and the bell button check out sntr gaming where i stream live and i'll see you in the next video And I'll see the rest of you right now. Curious what you guys think about this. Uh, This is a... This to me is, I think, actually a pretty good strategy. We know Tarkov's been pretty popular and similar to how Battle Royale was really popular, you know, are are they cutting into a genre that could be very, very good? It's like, well, hey, Battle Royale was really popular. Well, now Call of Duty's going to do a Battle Royale. Tarkov's kind of gotten pretty popular. Well, now we're going to do a Tarkov-style game. You know, this seems like they want to have sort of a a suite of Call of Duties available to you as opposed to just the traditional arena or as opposed to just, you know, Battle Royale. Sounds interesting. Got my attention for sure. Um, it could be big it could be very very big and very very popular especially considering it's had a longer dev cycle than a lot of the more traditional um, you know call of duties you know a longer dev cycle could be could be very good please describe Tarkov so it's an open world tactical shooter so it's a little bit more uh, slow in its like style and execution you get loot from people that are there AI in Tarkov because he said there's going to be AI in this game mode and I wasn't sure if that was something that was was synonymous with the Tarkov genre that like there's AI that you have to kill so he described an instance this actually sounded pretty cool to me Uh, Henderson described an instance where AI will show up in helicopters and drop out to try to stop you or attack you or do if you're doing something. So if you see a helicopter heading to an area, then you'll know that there's people over there. So it's going to create this element of like, that's not, you're, you're not just in the world by yourself fighting other people. The new game mode, what kind of inspiration from Targov are they taking? What makes Targov intense is the looting. Is Call of Duty looking to match that intensity or the style of extraction? There's going to be the extraction, from what we understand. There will be loot, and there will be AI. Yes, there are both players and bots in Tarkov. Okay, so it sounds like they have very much mimicked it um, in, in, in execution. So it's not like in a battle royale where you're just like running around and picking up loot off the ground and equipping yourself to try to be the last man standing. There is a looting element to it, but... It is also uh, got the AI, and it also has an extraction element where you're like you're trying to get out. You think about like 
it's kind of like Division Dark Zone and Battle Royale had a baby. Like, if you took those two ideas and smashed them together, that's kind of what it sounds like to me. Loot is armor, weapons, and power-ups? Yes. Because you're already looting in a Battle Royale anyway, so this is, this is going to feel similar in that regard. Escape from Tarkov is a military sim gameplay where you're dropped in a map and you have to reach the other side of the map to extract, like a BR that doesn't require you to kill anyone. Yeah, that is true. That is true. You can play, so like a battle royale, you have to kill like every everyone to win or or or, or at least kill the remaining players at the end. You don't have to do that in a game mode like this. You could just try to avoid fighting and hide and be stealthy and and try to extract you could do that in the dark zone in the division as well you could avoid other players interact with the ai a little bit and then just get the frick out extractions coming to game pass day one rainbow six extraction oh wow really what's the launch date on that extraction coming to battlefield hazard zone does the same thing yeah he said he was getting questions about uh, about Hazard Zone and similarities, or is it going to be like that or whatever? It does seem like Call of Duty isn't the only company that is wanting to kind of get in on this. You know, January twentieth, Extraction could be really fun for Friday nights. It really, really could. Halo Custom Games has been an absolute blast. I don't know how how soon we can stop doing it. The turnout's just been phenomenal. Um, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what we're going to be able to do with that. I really, really don't. <laughs> I really don't. Hunt Showdown is also a similar game. All right, I want to know. Call of Duty. Hang on. Uh, DMZ. A Tarkov-like mode. Would you play it? Um, how about this? An escape. An escape from Tarkov-like mode. Would you play it? I'm just curious if you guys would play this. Is this the kind of game mode that you like? We doing Halo again on Friday? I think so. We're we, I gotta talk to Hilly. I don't know when when it'd be a good time to talk to him. We've got some strategy and some ideas and things we gotta work out because we're we're just thinking through um, just how well this channel's doing. Friday nights is running great right now, but traditionally, if it was just me and Hilly goofing off, it wasn't. They did those streams didn't do that well, and so we're thinking about what that means. Um, if they would let us unify our channels in our membership, we could do members only streams and that wouldn't hurt the channel, but we just got to be very, very careful about doing, you know, doing shows that don't perform well. So we're thinking through that. We've got some ideas and some plans, so I will let you know what's going on as soon as I can. Uh, demilitarized zone. We're assuming that's what DMZ stands for. So it's a demilitarized zone and you're trying to like get through it and extract and there's AI and there's helicopters dropping you know dropping AI off there's obviously other players I don't think we have a player count yet Tom didn't say anything about a player count I don't think um the main points about this leak is that the game has been in development since 2018 um and the DMZ mode might have been in development for no wait no The game's been in development since, I think, 2019, and the DMZ game mode has been in development since before that, um, with with respect to, like, they, I think they've wanted this, to get this game mode right. They've been working on it longer, I think, from what he said. He speculated that. You guys ever played a game called Let Loose? It's a lot of fun. Don't get it twisted, though, Lono. Hunt Showdown is not a chill Friday game for you and Hilly. 
Well, no, I, I don't want to play games like that. Like Rainbow Six Extraction looked like it could be kind of fun, like when we played Aliens Fire Team. Um, but yeah, I don't want super intense, sweaty, sweaty games on Friday nights. We really need Fall Guys to come to Xbox and Switch and have universal crossplay, so we could do private matches. That would be a freaking blast because we could shoutcast you guys. Oh, that'd be so funny. We'd have to be able to see names though. I don't know if they turned usernames back on in that game. The foundation of this building is like a demilitarized zone. Tarkov, the game designed to make you feel like you've been punched in the... (laughs) Here's why I couldn't play Tarkov. So if you're interested in the Modern Warfare 2 leaked gameplay, the info about it, it's basically going to be a game mode like Tarkov. It's going to be called DMZ. At least that's the placeholder for now. And the reason I could never get into Tarkov is I would watch people stream it. And these are players that are good and play well. And I was like, I never, ever, ever want to play that game. Because they would be laying in a room or laying in a field, hiding, hiding, hiding. And they would hear somebody and they'd fight them. And then they'd be hiding, hiding, hiding. And then they would finally move or have to move or have to go do something. And then get shot by somebody else hiding. So they would kill somebody by hiding. They'd be like hiding in a room, laying on the ground, and somebody would come in and they'd shoot them. And then they'd go to leave or go to do something or go into a room or through a field and they'd get killed by somebody hiding. And I was like, I don't want to play that game. (laughs) I I don't want to play that game. That doesn't look fun. As a Tarkov player, says Brutal Gear, I doubt Call of Duty is trying to match the slow intensity of Escape from Tarkov. Escape from Tarkov is not a quote-unquote fun game. It's an intense game like a horror movie. It's not fun, but you like it. So what is COD doing? They're trying to mimic the, the game type. They are. Now, you might be right, Brutal, because when they launched Warzone as a Battle Royale, it started falling into the same problems and the same tropes that Battle Royales fall into. RNG on the loot, feeling pretty frustrated at like, oh, I can't get anything, and you know, and then getting all the way to the end and getting killed by some guy hiding. So they added plunder, right? And you know, plunder I think really, really upped the fun factor. It's just about getting money, and you get to respawn, and you get to get revenge on people. I, I thought plunder was one of the best iterations of Battle Royale I I, uh, I had ever experienced. Like, we had a ton of fun with it, and you know, I, I think that they could do something similar with a Tarkov style, uh, you know, game. They could do that. They could say, hey, you know, it's Tarkov, but we have these modifiers or we have these things or we have, the, you know, these ways to make it more fun, more approachable, you know, less intense, scary, crazy, and more fun. Yeah, I saw that, Wheezy. Somebody put that in just a minute ago about it uh, coming to Game Pass. And somebody said it launches on January the 20th. So most of the audience saying right now, we'd love to hear from you if you're new and you're tuning in. Smash the like button. Get us our first 100 likes. Make sure you're in live chat. You can talk in my chat if you're a subscriber. Um, And Tom, if you're here, let me know. I can turn that off if you don't want to sub and want to talk in chat. But uh, 65% are saying yes. Call of Duty, DMZ, and Escape from Tarkov-like mode, would you play it? 65% are saying yes, they would. Get those balloons, baby. That's right. That's right. You got to get those balloons. That was so fun. <laughs> uh, fun to me, just storming the beaches of Normandy. Oh, like, they just, like, you like single-player style gameplay? Um, or are you being sarcastic? Brutal says, I'm excited. I love Tarkov, but I like Dark Souls. A man can, uh, a man can only take so much. <laughs> oh, you love Tarkov, 
but like Dark Souls, a man can only take so much. Right, right, right. You would like it to maybe be a little less, uh, yeah. Hold the phone, we're at 99.6. Yeah, the sub count just keeps going up. It just keeps going up, man. We are 40 subs away from 10k. We are right there on the doorstep, man. We're right there on the doorstep. If you enjoy daily video game talk shows, be sure to hit subscribe. Hit the bell button. I'm a safe for work broadcaster. I'll be in your sub feed all week doing shows like this where we break down gaming news. And uh, I thought I thought this was pretty pretty good, pretty big news to discuss, debate. You know, do you think? I'm curious what you guys think. Do you think that? Do you think Call of Duty is going to get too broad? Like, do they run the risk of losing their identity? And what I mean is. Imagine if Fortnite suddenly launched an arena shooter and then they launched a Tarkov game and then they launched, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's the question I have is, do you think this is going to lead to like a, a dilution of the brand or are they trying to establish the reach of the brand and it'll be totally fine? Because, you know, you start to wonder, like, is it, is, is, is it going to get too diluted? Is it going to get too spread? You know? Could Tom shed some light on the pacing? Will it be comparable to Tarkov or Hazard Zone? What's the tone like? Man, he talked about that in his video. I listened to his video when I was going to get my hair cut yesterday in the car. I was listening to... I didn't get my hair cut in the car. I was listening to his video in the car. And and, um, he talked about the Hazard game mode. And I don't know if he drew comparisons or not. I don't. Um, I'm very funny. Yeah, they do. They think I'm hilarious. They're they're all in chat saying how funny I am. Oh, do people like my haircut? Yes, yes they do. Yes they do. No, there they 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 there was so many that they got it got pushed out of chat. You ever consider that games like Ark or Rust or others on community servers where people could play with each other just an idea? We're not quite big enough for something like that tame because like we you we can't we can't have we don't have a community that's big enough to like have all these different little like we, all these little pockets of people playing together we, we've tried to do that we've tried to do that we've tried to set up little rooms in the discord for you guys to like come together and play and do stuff and it just it just hasn't really gone anywhere now give us a year and if the discord has twice the number of participants that are in it right now well then you could probably set things like that up I don't have time to set it up you guys would have to own it and run it you know what I mean I don't think Call of Duty says this is from Josh. I don't think Call of Duty has anything to worry about. Just another mode to use in the new marketing campaign to pull in some new buyers that aren't just loyal repeat buyers. Tarkov's PC only, so if it's like Tarkov, it'll probably be on console. Well, yeah, of course. Like Call of Duty isn't going to not launch on console. That's a huge that's probably a huge portion of their market, um, I would think. And so they are more than likely um gonna gonna have it on that'll be an advantage over Tarkov Brutal says do you know if there's an economy in the game mode what does death cause you to lose just reload to the next game like a BR or is there loot that you're trying to get out yeah I'd have to you'd, you'd have we'd have to listen Tom walked through a ton of stuff in his video I think he said there were loot elements and AI but I don't know if he went into detail about like do you get the loot out? Do you get to keep the loot for the next time? Is there risk laden in dying? Um, like what what sort of elements are there? It's I think right now we know very very like basic tentpole ideas about it. We don't know uh, like minor details. 
And the idea that if DMZ is going to be free to play like Warzone, because that would be big, I would imagine they would bake this into an annual release that would that would cost money to get into. Um, maybe I don't know because I know they said that the camp they're, they're, it's going to come with the campaign. It's going to come with the campaign, and he said that the campaign has uh, the AI is a lot smarter and the game's more visceral. You'll be able to like shoot their limbs off. Uh, apparently, there's going to be like really gritty decisions that you have to make. Kind of if you remember some of the things from Modern Warfare 2 when it first came out with the airport, uh, the airport uh, mission. So he said it's going to be more gritty and there'll be more visceral elements of like shooting the AI, but the AI is like really smart and they're really like adaptive. Like they, they, it's, it's, it's going to be more, it seemed like it was going to be more organic in how it challenges you. Um, and so it's going to have like a full campaign. So I would imagine this will be like a full annual release that, you know, you cost 60 bucks and you'll you'll probably need to buy it to get into DMZ. Now, it would also make sense to make DMZ free and charge for the campaign, but that starts to get pretty slight sliced. Like, how much are you going to charge for a Call of Duty campaign by itself? Modern Warfare 2019 campaign was amazing, so the Modern Warfare 2 campaign should be awesome too. Well, and it sounds like they've worked on this longer than Call of Duty's traditionally get worked on. So if you guys are tuning in for the Modern Warfare 2 leaked gameplay info, uh, we're asking people, would you play a game mode like this? The details are, it's going to be called DMZ. It'll be like Escape from Tarkov. So be sure to take the poll at the top of the chat. Be sure to hit subscribe if you want to talk in the chat. And uh, I found Counter-Strike very rough with a controller. Oh, I, I would imagine. I, I'm, I, I can't imagine playing that game with a controller. That would be rough. Um, no, yeah, no Russians. Uh, if it's with the price of the game, but not a whole PC, and it's not a game that can translate to controller, looting wouldn't work. And I imagine Counter Strike with a controller. Oh yeah, you, certain games just don't work on controller that well. You know. Now I think Apex has done really good things with their UI and their interface for battle royale and looting and and using a controller i think they've done a very good job i think fortnite did a good job as well making it to where you could you could consistently and quickly loot and 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 swap things around i'm gonna go with normal formula of campaign and multiplayer for 60 and dmz warzone update for free with cosmetics that's what you think they're gonna do so i wonder I wonder what games like this are going to start doing long term because the idea that multiplayer is supposed to be free is becoming super common. Like Battlefield charging full price was sort of a it was kind of a, an unprecedented thing right now. Like who's doing that, especially considering it didn't have a campaign. I think that added insult to injury with how bad Battlefield launched and how bad the reviews are. I think that I think that made things worse for him cuz people were like you charge full price for this. It doesn't have a campaign. Why is this game in such terrible in such terrible shape, you know? I played Final Fantasy 14 on controller. Anything's possible. Yeah, but they brought that to console and they 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 did good. They it's got good controller support. So I I don't know. You got to be it's really really got to be built for it or 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 ported over for it. You can't just do that. Modern Warfare 2, the DMZ game mode, will likely run just fine on controller because Call of Duty, at its core, 
has been a very approachable, playable console shooter for a very long time. Now, obviously, Call of Duty was born on PC. I think, like, Call of Duty 1 and 2 were PC-only releases, I believe. And then I don't think until 3 did you start seeing, um... You didn't start seeing... What was the first console release for Call of Duty? Was it... Was it... It was 3, wasn't it? And then, and then, and then 4 was Modern Warfare, I believe. And then it was World of World at War, and then Modern Warfare Two. Which was the first Call of Duty console? Was it three or number four? I feel like it was three. Oh, Call of Duty Two was on the 360. Okay, so is it just the first Call of Duty that that wasn't on console? Is it just the first? I remember only being able to play that on PC. I might be misremembering, but I, I'm fairly certain the very first Call of Duty you could only play on PC. I remember playing Call of Duty 2 on PC and there were like modded servers that you could play on where like your reticles were different and the rules were different and it was they were really really good CTF really good CTF servers with mods it was awesome if you're tuning in, we want to hear from you. The uh, the Modern Warfare 2 leaked gameplay info is about a game mode called... It's like a DMZ. It'll be like Escape from Tarkov. We'd love to know, would you play a game mode like this? It's the poll at the top of the chat. This is looking to be the central multiplayer piece of the Modern Warfare release. So Call of Duty 2022 is uh is is been in development since 2019 or 2018 this game mode's been in development for that time as well and it uh the details leaked recently from tom henderson uh he made a video you should make definitely make sure and check out his video uh, because he he goes a little bit more long-winded than i've been able to i try to give you the the, the quick bullet points uh from his video World at War popularized the fran- popularized the franchise, uh, but it was born on PC, made successful on the 360. Yeah, World at War, Call of Duty World at War was the, when I got a 360 because the guys that I was working with they wanted to get you know a gaming they all wanted to get gaming systems and start gaming together. So we all got 360s and played World at War, um, and then when I got into Modern Warfare 2, that's when I ran into the guys I ended up playing with for years. We played all the Call of Duties together. Modern Warfare 2, Black Ops 1, Modern Warfare 3, Ghost, uh, Black Ops 2, um, and then I think Black Ops 3 was the last one I ever touched, and Advanced Warfare. We played all of them. We played a lot of Borderlands together. Like We played all kind of games together. I'll pay attention to them if they drop Call of Duty Space Force. <laughs> Tarkov on controller would work with controller like counter with controller like Counter Strike mechanically or does, but it won't feel right. So how is Call of Duty translating it? What are they bringing or leaving from Tarkov? Well, there's looting right now in in what you play Warzone with a controller right now, and there's looting. Brutal. They would just mimic that. Like when I played Call of Duty Warzone with you guys, I. I just used a controller. I didn't find the looting to be that bad. Obviously, looting with a mouse is significantly faster. You like click, 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 and then you're done. It's a little bit more, uh, you know, it's a little bit more cumbersome on a controller, but it, you know, it works. Not sure what DMZ is. I know it is demilitarized zone when I served in South Korea. So DMZ is a, uh, it's going to be an open world tactical mode where you're trying to extract like in Escape from Tarkov so there'll be AI like enemy helicopters preventing you or trying to stop you or responding to you there will be live players in the server as well 
and it would be uh, we don't know how many players will be in a match and so it's a lot like Escape from Tarkov if you think about a battle royale like Warzone and then you think about you know the dark zone in the division and you smash that together that's kind of what these they're called open world tactical shooters because there's elements to them that it's not just like a battle royale where you're just shooting or an arena where you're just like dead and back and dead and back um it's meant to be more strategic and slow and intense and you have things that you are trying to do that's why it's tactical right you're not just trying to go and find loot and survive and kill you're trying to actively do things and there's AI and other players that are trying to stop you and the other players are trying to do the same things. So you remember in the Division, Division Survival Mode? Yeah, kind of like that. You remember in the Division, you had to extract. So you'd get all this super dope stuff and then you had to extract and that was pulse pounding because you'd throw down the thing and then everybody comes running because they know you're trying to extract and they try to attack you. And this will have similar instances. There were instances like that in Plunder when you're trying to get your money out. That's why the balloons were so great because you didn't have to go, you know, call a helicopter. Looting in Warzone is very light. You only loot for what you're about to use in a fight. Tarkov loot is both what you might use plus loot management for what you want to extract with for money. I'm sure they'll figure it out. I mean, it worked. It worked reasonably well in the division for extraction you know in yeah it'll probably be very similar you'll have an you'll have a manager think about it like this the way you manage your inventory and your kits in call of duty Warzone, in the way that you do it in other games they'll have two menus right they'll have your they'll have your 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 menu where you go in and you mess with all the loot that you're carrying to use and then they'll have a separate one for extraction where you can like organize and set all that up that's how i would imagine it being you know if you're just tuning in, uh, the Modern Warfare 2 leaked gameplay info is about uh, a game mode called DMZ, which will be a lot like Escape from Tarkov. We've got a poll at the top of the chat. We want to hear from you. Would you play a game like this? We're curious. We like hearing from the audience. We do gaming talk shows like this Monday through Friday. There's minimal gameplay here and there, uh, mostly talk show. I am safe for work, so a lot of people throw me on in the background like video game radio. There is an extraction game mode in Battlefield. Not sure if they have the game mode in prior games. Yeah, I don't think they had that in previous Battlefields. Not to mention the simulation aspect of Tarkov. There's so many keys to press. If they add the intensity of music to the DMZ mode on Modern Warfare 2, I might be interested. I would imagine they would have music. You know what I mean? Would you call the Division Survival Mode a Battle Royale? It wasn't, it wasn't, Ruben. Like, I think, yes, you could say that the Division Survival was kind of like a BR. It was like a mini tactical BR. Because, like, you could go kill PvE, like, points of interest for for really, really good loot to extract. Um, But there was also loot that you were just equipping to use while you were fighting and, and trying to stay alive. And... There were survival elements, right? You were trying to keep the cold at bay. Uh, If you didn't keep the cold at bay, you would get hurt from the cold. I always thought that they should have taken the principles of the division survival and put it on the whole map and have the storm get worse and worse and worse. So the cold and the storm would be like the storm in Fortnite and Apex. It'd be shrinking and directing you to to force engagements. I think that would have been stellar. 
because the division survival was probably one of its most popular modes and you know modern warfare 2 leaks about the the dmz mode it's like that's going to have a similar feel right is these engagements that you get in there's an intensity there's a cost there's a potential loss that's what made survival in the division and extracting and all that it made it so intense because you know the music changes a little bit you got some baddies that show up and then you got live players that show up and in in modern warfare 2 dmz that's what's going to happen you're going to be you're going to be trying to do a, a particular objective or a particular thing and you're going to have these these helicopters showing up and dropping off AI and then if somebody's 100 yards away and they're in cover and they're hiding out and they see that happen they're going to get in position they're going to try and take shots at you you know what I mean because they're going to know oh that helicopter's going over there they're trying to you know the AI is responding to a live player I'm surprised they never fully committed to the division 2 the game could have been huge yeah you know if they added survival to div 2 it would be popular again Sounds like something I would definitely give a shot. Uh, what you just said is what the, the Division community wants with Part 2. I remember we had that idea in Division 1. I, I, I don't know how prominent I was back then when we played Division 1. I, I tried to circulate that idea. I was like, dude, you, you have all the working parts of like a really, really good Division Battle Royale for the full map. Like, do it, you know? Division survival is definitely in the Battle Royale world. Obvious differences, but you could describe it as being Battle Royale, but like, yeah, it's like a BR light. It's like a tactical, it's like a tactical BR, but it's, it's like a, it's like a light, light BR tactical shooter because you've got things you're trying to do missions and objectives. There is nothing forcing you to move, right? Cause you can just get into a building and just stay there. Um, eventually time runs out that you do have that going on so the timer I guess is making you move but it's not like a storm making you move there are people still to this day running the same two raids almost every day the core hardcore audience is there weren't you part of the division team on purple no uh uh nope no no there were a couple people from the destiny community that ended up being a part of that and uh, a lot of them got a lot of them got kicked out of the program because they were just they were just you know drama grifters. <clears throat> they weren't good people. <laughs> is Modern Warfare Two coming really soon, or is it coming in November? It'll probably be a November release. Yeah, yeah. Call of Duty Modern Warfare Two, twenty twenty two is going to be is likely going to be a late year release. Yes, and the the modern if you're if you're tuning in for the Modern Warfare Two leaked gameplay info. Uh, Tom Henderson's got a long video where he walks through all the details. I gave the Cliffs notes at the beginning of this stream. Uh, there will be a, a full campaign. It'll be a little bit more grisly and a little bit more visceral. You can like shoot body parts off the enemies. The enemy AI will be more advanced, and there's a brand new mode called DMZ, which that's what the poll question at the top of the chat is about. It'll be an escape from Tarkov-like mode. And the question I have for the audience is, would you play it? It's about a 60-40 split right now. So it does seem like there are people that just don't like that type of a game mode uh, where there's like the high risk and the intensity and trying to get out. Like it's a tactical open world shooter is how it's being described. When is the expected release? I would anticipate a November release. Yeah, a November release. That's what I would think. I think the problem with using the whole map is that 
it has loading zones that aren't apparent. In oh 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 in uh, in the division, right? They would have had to build a separate version of the map because they would have to strip a lot of the stuff off of it to simplify it, right? Um. Whenever I hear the division, I think of this person. I don't know why, uh, but a lot of the guys I watch were hosting her right on Q. Yeah, 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 yeah. That that individual got removed from the division team. Um, because you, you, we all know from, from, you know, her behavior toward me, she's just a gossip, like, and they got rid of her for it. Cause they, she, she, she you can't really join a community team like that and talk bad about other people. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It'll come back to bite you. People be like, you're slamming and gossiping about everybody. Like, that's not going to work. Uh, five months from insomniac black. Thank you so much for five months. And it's a tier three. 10k around the corner yeah if you're enjoying the show do me a favor it's free to subscribe so hit that subscribe button let's go for 200 likes as well there's plenty of people here we should be able to hit 200 likes on the video Uh, there are direct ways to support the stream but the best thing to do is hit subscribe and be here for the great conversations a lot of people treat me like video game radio they just throw me on in the background I'm safe for work so if you subscribe to the channel I'll be in your sub feed all week with good variety gaming news coverage okay I'm caught up says Jimmy I said no on the poll but I'm more of a maybe I'm not smart enough to play a game like Tarkov but in a COD game I might be interested so if they dumb it down (laughs) I mean I I don't like using that term right I don't like using that term but you know it'll probably maybe maybe dumb down a little bit more, more simplified but she's quote unquote pretty using that term loosely uh, it does not need to be a focus at all that's why you use third party hardware oh you guys are debating VR in the in the discord new stream chat let's get some new likes that's right make sure you're on live chat make sure you're smashing like helping us get to our 10k sub goal or 10 say I'm say 10 10k sub milestone um I'd love to be able to gift coffee I can do I can't do caffeine anymore but would feel awesome to buy someone uh, and gift it to a subscriber. Yeah, that'd be cool if we could figure out a way to do that. That'd be cool, Seeker of Justice. Like, we'll, 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 uh, we'll think. We'll think. Also, I'll try this Call of Duty Tarkov mode, said Distorted. You would. You would. Distorted, have you played much Tarkov? I Like, people were always telling me to check it out, but I told people, I was like, I watched some of the best players play, and it looked like a game that would literally make me flip my lid. Like, they would get kills by hiding, and then they'd have to move, and then they would get killed by somebody who is hiding. And I'm like, I don't want to play that game. It looks like hide-and-go-seek. You know what I mean? Salty Rob here, still a member on Presents. Should I still be doing that? Yeah, that's totally fine, Rob. Whether you have a membership on that channel or here, there's going to be plenty of reasons to keep your membership over there. We are going to be looking into doing regular live streams over there, and we're going to be making some big changes that you might, you guys will probably be pretty excited about. Um, we're just kind of waiting for YouTube to do YouTube stuff. There's supposed to be big updates to the website in January, and we didn't want to pull the trigger on anything until they did it. And we were thinking it was going to happen today because they were messing with the site yesterday, and today YouTube's terms of service updated. So we were thinking... Well, that'll be the day they do it. Well, maybe they roll out the terms of service update and then in a couple of days they update the site. I, I don't know. You've not played Tarkov, but it looks somehow fascinating and super stressful. I guess that fuels the dopamine when you succeed. Yeah, yeah, and fuels the rage when you don't. That's right. <laughs> 
feels like a game mode for Dr. D. Oh, I don't think he's played it much. I don't think he's played it much. That's why. It's not violent speed momentum. It's like slow, tactician, sneaky gameplay. He, he, he can't play a game like that. I've played it, says Fozzy. It's hardcore AF. The more you grind, the better ammo you can buy, so you one-shot kill all the noobs. Ooh, yikes. Just don't gift me. Imagine the shipping price to South Africa. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You would break a camera playing Tarkov. It's Dark Souls 3 intensity with the worst parts of PvP. <laughs> That's why Wheezy loves it. Wheezy loves it. I already know how Wheezy plays that game. I already know. He plays it like a griefing degenerate. I know. I already know. <laughs> I guarantee you that's why Wheezy likes Tarkov. <laughs> Tarkov is one of the best shooters out today, you think, Jake? I think the two-time has actually tried it recently. Has he? Doc says it's one of his favorite games. Oh, really? He must play super aggressive though, because like he he doesn't like all that sneaking, man. That was the that was the thing when he finally put it into words. He was he was playing a he was playing a BR. Um, what am I supposed to do? Hold people's hands? Says Wheezy. <laughs> I, I remember watching Doc play a BR. I forget which BR it was. It might have been PUBG. And he had a great hit. He, you know he had just he had just gotten a really good kill out in an open field or whatever. And he and he goes to start looting. And he starts getting shot. And he can't tell where he's getting shot from, you know. And then he finally does. Like, as he dies, he finally realizes where he's getting shot from. And it's just some guy hiding in a house. And he's like... And he just starts ranting. He's like, th- he's like, that's the problem with these games. He's like, is... You're, you're, in, you're incentivizing cowardice. Like, that guy is being successful. And he's playing in the most boring, most navel-gazing way possible. And I was like, that's exactly why I don't like these games. Like, that's why I enjoyed Plunder. Plunder promoted movement, action, you know, fights, getting getting into, you would get into like, um, you'd get into little spats where you'd kill them and they'd drop back down and try to get revenge and then they'd kill you and you'd drop back down and try to get revenge. So like these mini hotspot fights would break out. Oh, it was awesome. It was awesome. Instead of being like, Oh, I finally got a good start. I got some good loot. I won a couple fights. Now I'm going to head to the next zone. And then you're like, dead. Some guy hiding in a house killed me. And you're like, there's no lesson. There's no lesson to be learned. There's no strategy to change. You just got killed by some dude hiding in a house. And you can't even be mad at him. You can't. Because if he's not hiding in the house shooting people, then somebody else is going to do it. Right? Hiding in a house is more simulator than being a juggernaut that can tank snipers and shotgun shots in the middle of a field. Well, sure. You Like I said, you can't even be mad at the guy that does it. That's exactly how you should play. You know, that's what you should do. You should be careful and tactical and hide and take advantage of the position that you have. That's, that's literally how you win a war. <laughs> it's like watching paint dry. I don't understand how they can sit there for so long and do nothing. This is exactly uh, what what what. This is my experience every time I play a game like Call of Duty, or really any game like it. You're waiting, you're waiting, you're waiting. You're watching the door, you're watching the door. You're like, come on, I know you're coming. I know you're gonna come through. I know. And you're like, all right, fine, I'm gonna move. And then as you go to move, they come through the door and shoot you. 
it's like as soon as soon as you break and you're like I can't take it anymore I'm losing my patience I'm gonna go out as soon as you go to move and like you sprint or something so your gun comes down that's the minute they come busting through the door it's like you gotta be friggin kidding me three light roasts to lethal escape by my man ordering some coffee thank you so much for doing that guys if you want to try out some of the best coffee you can get ask chat how good it is we got three flavors a light roast a dark roast and a holiday blend it's mine it, we, we ship my family ships it to you my wife and kiddos and so you're not you're not going to some other site where i get a kickback like it's actually supporting like a small family business that we run and operate and uh, we appreciate people ordering that coffee that's why I like CSGO so much. It's super tactical and anyone can with skill, uh, any level of skill can appreciate it. I actually really, really liked Valorant for that reason. Because I felt like if I applied strategy and awareness and pushes and use my skills and stuff, that that was how you that was how you won. I got I got pretty I didn't get amazing at Valorant, but I got pretty good. I was like, oh, the, um, you know, we were we were having some solid games and I was, you know, I was putting up some some decent numbers that near the end. Um, I was mainly playing with it so I could learn the strats, the callouts, and the location so that I could shoutcast it. But still, still, it was really, it was really, really fun. I enjoyed it, which which surprised me. I didn't think I would like a game like that, you know. Uh, Dan with a seven month resub. Thank you so much, Dan. Best coffee ever. Since I started drinking it, I've gotten a promotion at work, bought a brand new house. My cars gained. Uh, my cars gained 120 uh, horsepower. <laughs> It'll change your life. Why is that a thing? Why is what a thing? If you would like to try a Tarkov Light experience, the Cycle reboot has made their game into a Tarkov mode. Excuse me. It looks like it's really fun, actually. I've never heard of that. The Cycle reboot. Huh. The Cycle reboot. Yeah, I've never heard of that. Smashville says, whoever gets to the extraction first will usually win the game in Tarkov. All they do is camp the extraction. Oh. Uh, Lono, to explain why Escape from Tarkov is enjoyed as a game, it's the same way people enjoy Six Flags. You wait one hour for a two-minute roller coaster. Well, right, like, you can't... And we, we talked about this with Returnal, like, why Returnal had to be a rogue, why they couldn't let you have, like an exploitable save point where you could like save it and then go fight the boss and if you fail just like force quit the game and reload your save right they couldn't let you do that why because you will never replicate the intensity of if i die it's over i'm i have to start over the the emotional intensity your your blood pressure goes up your heart's pounding like you're nervous it is you can't replicate that. You can't. You have to. You you 100% have to put an immense amount of risk and pressure on the player or you can't replicate that emotional experience. That's why people like it. I've, I've said similar things about a Battle Royale. <clears throat> so the reason Battle Royales are popular is because the highs and the lows, like the height at which you can experience, it's like, it's like none other. When you get into a final, you know, top three situation, the, my favorite situations in in solo Fortnite was when it was a top three situation and the other two guys started fighting. Oh, I loved it. It was absolutely my favorite because you would just wait and one of them would die and while the other's looting, you come flying in, you know, because he's trying to loot and trying to heal. 
Just easy pickings, you know? Easy pickings. Matt coming in with 12 months of membership says woot woot one year. Welcome back, Matt. Thank you for that renewal of membership. Thank you to all the new folks today. If you're new and you've hit subscribe, be sure to take the poll at the top of the chat. The Modern Warfare 2 leaked gameplay, uh, the info that we have, um, it is a new, the, the, the most prominent part of it is there's a new mode that will be coming with Modern Warfare 2, DMZ. It'll be like Escape from Tarkov. And uh, the question at the top of the chat is, would you play a mode like that? Tarkov is pretty cool. I just hate how it has resets. It keeps me from playing long term. Like, well, it resets your player, you mean? If anybody enjoys Returnal, play Hades for real. Right. That's, 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 that can be a good catalyst game into, uh, into rogues. Raging Snake says, I suck at Escape from Tarkov, but I love the experience. Blood pressure goes up as high as possible. I gotta be careful with games like that because I have high blood pressure and I gotta be real careful like Sekiro and and Dark Souls and if I played a game like that boy, oof, it could be bad. It could be really bad for me, you know? That's also why people don't play games like Returnal. Yeah, it's interesting. The same reason that you might play a game mode like, you know, Modern Warfare 2 DMZ, right? The, The reason that you might play is the same reason somebody else doesn't play. It's interesting because a lot of times you play a game because you like it and somebody else is like, I just don't like it. It's not my thing. But you both use the same reason. You're like, I love it and I hate it. And you both use the same reason. It's, 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 too, it's too risky. It's too intense. Or, oh, I love it. It's super risky. It's super intense. You're using the same descriptor, but you're coming to a completely different, uh, people, a completely different conclusion. People don't play rogues. I traditionally don't play rogues. Returnal was my game of the year last year. I, I tell you right now, I am not a big fan of rogues. No, sir. Uh-uh. I don't like them. I don't like how popular they've become. It's it. I would rather play a really great side scroller or or like dungeon crawler with lots of loot and RPG and skill tree. But man, I'm telling you what, the freaking rogues are on every time a game comes out. It's like here, it's a rogue. What are your thoughts on the PS5 VR 2 specs? I think it looks good. I think in general, VR faces a handful of barriers. You got to buy extra equipment. That's a barrier. You got to have space. That's a barrier. A lot of people don't have space like, you know, to do VR properly. The other barrier is it's subjective. A lot of people don't like the way that it feels. It makes them dizzy or feel sick or whatever. I think a lot of those barriers are one of the main reasons it won't be mainstream ever and it'll struggle it'll struggle with popularity it's not struggling with popularity per per se it'll struggle with big game launches because publishers will look at it and say you're selling to an incredibly small market so we don't we don't want to back some big project it's why horizon forbidden west is launching as a full title and they're launching like horizon vr as like an offshoot secondary thing it's probably a significantly smaller team and scope and game why because they can't afford to spend a ton of money on it because they they they, they won't sell nearly as many copies because you're selling to a smaller market my favorite side scroller in recent years uh ori in the blind forest ori in the will of the wisps take it they, they absolutely take it um ori in the will of the wisps was so good hollow knight obviously um 
If you're tuning in for the Modern Warfare 2 leaked gameplay info, I broke it down at the beginning. If you've got questions, hit subscribe. I'll be happy to answer them for you. Uh, I, 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 I DM'd Tom, Tom Henderson, the leaker. I DM'd him was like, is there anything I should be sure to cover? He said the main thing that he thinks people are interested in or the highlight is the new mode, the DMZ mode, which will be a lot like Escape from Tarkov. That's why the question at the top of the chat is asking, would you play an Escape from Tarkov-like mode in Call of Duty? The other parts of the leak that are pretty important is Modern Warfare 2, this 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 Modern Warfare, has been in development since as early as 2018. Uh, and then there will be a campaign. It'll be more visceral. It'll, it'll have maybe more advanced AI. The maps, the Modern Warfare 2 maps, like Flavella and stuff, will be used as points of interest in the uh, in the DMZ mode, so we're not sure if that means they won't be playable smaller stripped down maps. We don't know if there's going to be traditional arena or if it's only going to be DMZ. Um, and so, but we do know the maps will be in the game. The traditional, the the, the, the you know the, the traditional Modern Warfare Two maps will be in the game, but there'll be points of interest. Uh, on the DMZ map. For now, that's all we know. I don't know if we, you know, I would imagine if you're going to rebuild these maps, you would still let people play them in arena-style gameplay, or maybe not. Maybe they might they might really strip down the arena presence. You know what I mean? If you like Metroidvania-type games, you should, uh, you would like Deedlit in Wonder Labyrinth. I've never heard of that. I'm playing Ori now, and it's pretty fun and challenging. Not a huge fan of these type of games, but it's passing the time until Elden Ring. If you're playing the first Ori, it's good. It's very, very good. And then if you play the second Ori, it's just excellent. They really, really iterated very well on the existing title, uh, on the existing systems. So, yeah, I didn't like the Messenger as a Metroidvania. I didn't like it. Um, the Yakuza series reaches 2.8 million in sales. Yeah, I saw recently Ghost of Tsushima hit 8 million in sales. You know the discussion we need to have. Roguelite versus roguelike. So, I think roguelite, with a T, roguelite, means that it has very light influences of a rogue game. So, punishing death and resets and things like that. Roguelike would probably be even more spurious in that it's kind of like a rogue, but it doesn't really adopt rogue elements. That's how I read them. I could be reading them wrong, but that's how I read them. Oh, it's a rogue light game. It's kind of got light elements of rogue in it. It's not hardcore. It's not top to bottom rogue. Rogue like would be like what's well, got similarities, but but doesn't it doesn't go much beyond that, you know. I think people use them interchangeably, so it probably doesn't matter that much. (laughs) It doesn't matter that much because people use them interchangeably, you know? If you're enjoying the show, do me a favor and hit subscribe. Uh, I am a Safer Work broadcaster. If you subscribe, you can subscribe in confidence. I'll be in your sub feed all week doing gaming talk shows like this. And because I'm safe for work, a lot of people throw me on in the background like video game radio. And subscribing is free. So uh, we'd love to we'd love to see you subscribe and join the community in the conversation and take the poll at the top of the chat. Uh, I already watched a video on the differences. Robert says it's the opposite. So I have it backwards. <clears throat> when are you getting more custom games going on? The Halo Infinite custom games when we do them is Friday night. We don't do that like throughout the week. 
Can I extend my membership before it auto renewals? I have no idea, Hasio. I don't even know what you mean. At this point, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Hades not getting game of the year uh, was such a disgrace. Last of Us 2 is so average. Hades didn't deserve game of the year that year. If you weren't going to give it to Last of Us 2, you'd give it to Ghost of Tsushima, not Hades. Hades won, Hades won plenty of awards. The Assassin's Creed side-scrollers are rogue-light. Axiom Verge is rogue-like. Hey, I don't... I think that's why they're using the game like Horizon to try to increase the install base from the game. Well, and that's what a guy said. A, a former Guerrilla developer, he didn't work on the, v- the the Horizon VR game, and he said this is going to change people's perceptions about like AAA VR games. Like this is this is going to be this will be industry shaking. It's not it's not going to be just another VR game. It's like you know marginally you know impressive or whatever. That's one of the huge, huge challenges for be for for the these types of games. Right? Oh I popped my neck, that felt so good. Um That's one of the huge challenges for VR type games. And the challenge is, the challenge is they're not going to get tons of funding to make like a super awesome amazing game. Why? Well, because they'll be they'll be selling to such a smaller like audience, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, everybody always pointed to Half-Life Alex. Half-Life Alex was so good. Half-Life Alex was so amazing. And that didn't really change the industry. It didn't. You know, it didn't change the industry. It, it it obviously influenced the industry, but like you didn't suddenly see all these massive AAA, you know, you didn't see all these massive AAA games come out all of a sudden with 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 VR, you know. Now they're they're selling, and lots of and, and, and lots of people have them. But if you consider consider the difference between selling to the VR market and selling to the console market, right? Selling to the VR market or selling to the console and PC market. It's there's an astronomical difference in reach. There's an astronomical difference in size. It's it's not even it's not even close to being the same, you know. They made Alex to push their headset actually. That was last year, the market's growing, the games will come. I, I, I agree. I agree that the games will come. I do. I 100% agree that the games will 100% come. And it's just, it's going to be a huge challenge. I don't think you're ever going to be able to remove these two primary barriers. Well, actually three. You have to buy more equipment. You have to have space. And it's subjective. Lots of people don't like it. You know? The the, 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 curi- the curiosity I have, this is what I'd be curious about, Eugene. How many people, okay, bought a VR unit and haven't touched it in, in, in six months because they don't like the way that it feels? Or the lack of games has kind of driven them from caring, right? So sure, you can get market saturation of VR units, but are people buying them and then being like, I don't really like it. It's, it's, it's weird. It makes me dizzy. I get motion sick or all those things, right? So even if you buy one, that doesn't mean that you're not going to like have a bad experience with it. 
I wonder what percentage of people, like, if you, okay, so like, they've done studies, right? And there's like a percentage of people that are uh, susceptible to hypnosis, okay? There's a percentage of people that find ASMR content to be relaxing. I mean real ASMR, not, 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 not microphone licking. I mean actual ASMR. Right, like almost like guided meditative calming speech, soft spoken stuff. There's a percentage of people that actually respond positively to ASMR. I wonder what percentage of people respond negatively to a VR experience. Average eight games per headset. It's a luxury of a luxury. That's what I mean. Like, I, that's always going to feel like a huge challenge. Like, people are going to say, well, yeah, we'd make a VR game. We got a really great idea, but we can't get the funding because the market research shows that we're selling to a, a portion, a, a slice of the gaming market. We're not selling to the entire gaming market. We're selling to like a slice, you know? I don't know. I think it's a huge challenge. I think it's a huge challenge. I don't think that's I don't think those challenges ever go away. That doesn't mean it won't be fine. It doesn't mean it, it won't grow in popularity. It doesn't mean it won't grow in market saturation, but those challenges will never go away. You don't need space for a VR. A lot of people will think that you do. Like how many people right now if you pulled them wheeze would be like, "Do you need space if you're going to buy a VR?" You know, if you're going to buy a VR, you need space for it. You need space to move around. I bet you tons of people would think that you do. We're talking VR, but if you're tuning in for the Modern Warfare 2 leaked gameplay info, it's a new game mode. The game's been in development since like 2018. If you've got questions, if you want to take the poll, the new mode is DMZ. It's going to be like Escape from Tarkov. So hit subscribe and take our poll at the top of the chat. Would you play an Escape from Tarkov-like mode? in Call of Duty and we're really close to 200 likes so smash the like button if you're enjoying the show as well welcome in we always love hearing from new people in the chat if you're if you're new to the subject <clears throat> the last VR I tried made me sick I haven't and won't try it again um, you definitely need space for VR I'm going to be swinging my arms around and walking and jumping around right I had a friend destroy his office using VR <laughs> You can't really play most games sitting at a desk or on your bed, so you do need some room. Wasn't Facebook really pushing the Oculus or something for the holidays? I think so, yeah. My apartment's the size of your office. I need space. (laughs) Right. You can't play VR in a small room either, let alone a closet. Well, who's... Not many people are booting up video game systems in a dadgum closet. That would be odd. Um can't really that's i wouldn't say that's normal for for gaming setups i would say the average person's gaming setup is an office desk or a couch and a television and in a lot of those scenarios people are going to be like i don't want to have to rearrange my furniture to play vr moving a coffee table or at their office right they're like if i move the chair out of the way sure i might have some room you know yeah, yeah, the walking VR treadmills are pretty cool. Yeah. They recommend 6x6. Six six. The biggest VR market holder, uh, the Oculus, uh, you need to be seated to use. Well, don't you think that proves what I'm saying to a certain degree, Wheezy? It doesn't prove it ex- ex- exhaustively, but 
the one that you just sit down to use is the most popular isn't that kind of adding credence to what I'm saying that if people think they need space for VR they're not going to buy it or you know maybe they're buying that one because it's one of the ones where like yeah you don't need a ton of space the global virtual reality and gaming market size was valued at 11.56 billion and is expected to grow at a compound annual growth rate of 30% from 2020 to 27 VR has enhanced the gaming experience by offering a real-time ability to take gamers into their screens. Um, The industry as a whole is growing at a fast pace with the global VR uh, market size projected to increase from less than 5 billion US dollars in 2021 to more than 12. That just sounds like peanuts compared to the rest of the market though. You know what I mean? What? You don't need to be seated? What do you love about the Ori games? They're beautiful. They're satisfying. The original score is magnificent. The gameplay feels great. It's probably the most the most good-feeling Metroidvania platformer you can play. My kid has an Oculus. He was playing a fighting game and came within inches of punching me in the back of the head. This is what I mean. I feel like some of you guys that take up for VR, like, you ignore basic tenets of how it works. Like... If you're going to get a VR, one of the main things people associate with and like about VR is that you get up and move around and do stuff. Like, I'm not saying you're running around your living room, but you're acting like VR is just you're just sitting down. You're just sitting down on your couch. You're, you're, just, you're just wearing goggles instead of looking at the TV screen. That's not true. That is not true. So much of VR is about moving and having space for the movement. And the market growth is fine. The market growth is fine. I think even in 10 years, it. this is what I've always argued. And this is why you're not arguing with me. You're arguing past me. I have always argued it will not be mainstream. It won't be. The big game releases, the big companies, the really, really big budget games, they will not target VR. I don't think almost ever. If they do, it'll be offshoot side projects like what they're doing with Horizon to help bolster and market the sales of the real game. Because the sales of Horizon Forbidden West on PlayStation will always, even in 10 years from now, the console sale will always outshine the VR sale. Almost every single time. Some people laughed at mobile, but there's different reasons why mobile is so popular. It removes all of the accessibility problems that mo- that's associated with most gaming. Oh, I need a computer. I need to be sitting down at the key. I need to. I need to have a keyboard. I need to have a mouse. Oh, I got to be at home. I got to be on the couch. I got to. What? No, you always have your phone with you. That removes every barrier of entry possible. At least, like, well, yeah, just play right here. Play right here. VR will never be mainstream. There's too many barriers. Will it get really cool games and big games? Sure, but it's never going to be mainstream. It's not, it's not possible. There's going to be a point where VR, mobile, consoles, and PC are going to be uh, blended as one. When you, you have to think of this from a business perspective because you're talking money. Well, then let's talk money. If a publisher is looking at the PC market and then they look at the VR market, It doesn't matter how big VR gets. It'll never be as big as PC. It just won't. It's not, it won't. You have to buy extra equipment 
and it's subjective lots of people don't like it it makes them feel sick and you need space it doesn't have to be mainstream that's the fallacy I'm not committing a fallacy I'm merely my position is that it'll never be mainstream there's no fallacy in stating that my premise and argumentation is is pretty sound it's, it'll never be mainstream that doesn't mean it won't be successful but it's always going to have this challenge you, if you've got a big if you've got a big publisher a big budget and they're looking at the market they're going to back Horizon Forbidden West more significantly every time than they will the VR project or they'll bring them together and every time the scope the project and the budget for the VR game it'll be smaller why? it's a smaller market share that's all I'm arguing I'm not saying it's bad, it's crap, or it won't be popular. I'm saying it will always live in this sort of side piece category because it's a smaller market share and companies are going to treat it as such. They will. I wouldn't say never either. Sorry, I agree with chat. Agree with chat what though? Nobody's disagreeing with me saying it won't be mainstream. It won't be. You... (laughs) You have to buy extra equipment, and then a lot of people don't like it. It's like 3D televisions. 3D televisions, I was told, 3D televisions are going to take off. They're going to be super popular. And I was like, no, they're not. And they're like, why? You got to wear glasses. How many people want to do that? What if you have prescription? A lot of people don't like to wear the glasses. A lot of people don't like the way that it makes them feel. A lot of people say 3D televisions and 3D movies gives them a headache. So requiring an extra purchase requiring me to wear something and the subjective experience of the user drove 3D televisions out of the mainstream it's like they don't exist anymore oh that was just a gimmick okay it was a little bit more gimmicky than the genuinely awesome experience you could have with VR but VR is asking you to do the same thing you gotta wear something you gotta buy it it's extra and lots of people make th- say that it makes them feel weird queasy whatever the only way that you get past this is if you make it this is this is the only way it becomes mainstream all right this is the only way it becomes mainstream if vr becomes as widespread and affordable and accessible as like a console or a computer okay so you would bake these into the console somehow so in 10 years you know the playstation 6 just comes with 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 vr equipment The second thing you'd have to do the second thing you'd have to do is you'd have to make the equipment and the experience far more likely to be enjoyed. People could be sick. People could get motion sick. They could like, they could like, I don't like the way that it feels. I bought this really expensive television. I don't want to wear that thing on my face. That subjective element, I don't know if you can ever remove that. There is just a flat out percentage of people that will never ever buy into this because they don't like the way that it feels. But the trends in the game say now say otherwise. You you cannot discount what I'm about to say. This isn't me being reductionist, and I'm certainly not being dismissive. But new technology sells really well because it's new, and that that factor has to be considered right now. In 20 years, it won't be new anymore. So it'll have to be what cheap and really accessible. And it's got to have an amazing encyclopedia of games. So, sure, it's having great growth growth patterns right now. New technology always has great growth patterns. It's like, it's the new thing. It's the hottest thing. Like, 
as soon as those types of things become affordable, everybody starts buying them. Why? It's new. Gotta have new. We're consumers, especially in the West, we're heavily, heavily about consuming new technology. Once it's not new anymore, then the only way you're going to get it to be quote-unquote mainstream is you'd have to remove all the barriers that I'm talking about. It'd have to be significantly cheaper because people are already buying pretty expensive consoles or PCs. It's got to be cheaper. And you have to figure out, and maybe they'll figure this out one day, if they can figure out an immersion form of the technology that removes the likelihood of motion sickness. That's not something people have control over. They don't have control over if it makes them feel motion sick. So if you if 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 you if you as soon as as soon as the newness of it wears off cuz it's new and affordable. When it first showed up it wasn't that affordable. So now you got things banging on all cylinders. This happened with t- TVs. I remember when I worked at Best Buy, they had one plasma television and it was like $8,000. So we barely ever sold them. What happened? The technology got better and then big plasmas and LCDs became significantly more affordable. My gosh, you can go buy a giant TV right now for like $500. It's like ridiculously cheap, okay? Considering inflation and everything, like an $8,000 plasma and this was in like the year 2001. I mean, that's a long dadgum time ago. That's 21 years ago, right? So, the technology drove the price down and what happened? It was bo- it was a booming time for televisions. They sold like crazy. That's what's happening with VR. It was new, now it's more affordable, so it's selling like crazy. In order for it to start to get better games, bigger games, or again, mainstream treatment, you got to remove barriers that right now haven't been removed. It's still an extra additive cost. You need space to do it and People don't like it. They get motion sick. You're never... That's the thing, too. If they go to the store and they try it out and they feel queasy or weird, you are you are never getting them to buy. That's going to be a big, big challenge to get it to, to get the... to get Because this is what you have to consider. Publishers are going to do that every time. They're going to say, all right, what's your projected sales for this project based on how many VR units are in circulation? And they're going to be like, here... And it's going to look like freaking peanuts compared to a game that launches on PC and console and isn't VR. I think you're going to see a lot of what Horizon's doing. Big giant budget, big giant game everywhere. And then like a VR side piece. Smaller budget, smaller game, smaller scope. Why? Smaller market. It is an additive standalone 300. What, okay, I used the wrong word. You know what I mean? It's an extra cost. If you want to play VR, you can't just like buy a controller for your TV or your or your PlayStation. You have to like buy this other thing. It's like another it's like almost like buying like another console. Quest is all in one. Yeah, yeah. A lot of them are all in one. Not everyone drives for any given reason, so cars became mainstream. Yeah, but the difference there with Takashi would be you, you, you're making a bad that's 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 a false equivalency. What you'd have to do is you'd have to look at driving and you'd have to say 
let's say electric vehicles made a percentage of the population uh, feel motion sickness for whatever reason something something about well just making this up to make it analogous okay electric vehicles right now are extremely expensive and not common the technology is just not there right so they're very uncommon and they're super expensive if you take that element and you compare it to VR and add in the motion sickness, it, it, that would be a huge challenge for like electric cars to become mainstream. Why? It's, it's expensive and a lot of people don't like driving in them. I'm making that up, right? Like an electric car is not going to make you motion sick, but... <clears throat> VR has started being used in education, though. It's not just for gaming. The STEM labs in my district just got 50 VR headsets each. It's going to be used more and more and become mainstream. I was speaking in the realm of gaming. Everything I've said, Abe, I, I, I'm not going to try and discount what you're saying because that is a whole other branch of VR's execution. And let's not kid around here and not be crass, but the minute VR gets a foothold in the adult entertainment industry, it will become insanely successful and popular. Like, I'm not being crass. We all know that that's the most consumed content on the internet by a insane margin. So sure, there's other avenues. I'm speaking in the realm of gaming. And this is what I've been saying. This has been my point. You will always face the same challenge. If we launch this game on PC, uh, PlayStation and Xbox, it's an ocean of a market. It's 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 huge, right? If we launch it on VR, it's it's never going to rival that size ever. It's not possible. I I cannot there's too many barriers. There's too many barriers. You will never see VRs in circulation for gaming, for gaming, cuz I'm comparing it to PCs, Xboxes and PlayStations. So when you launch a multi-platform game, the market and the potential sales are just astronomically higher. So VR will always be, I think, a more contained, more more smaller scope thing. That doesn't mean the games can't be absolutely phenomenal and the technology will be incredibly impressive, but I don't know if it's I don't I don't think it'll ever get out of that status. I know for a fact, uh, some people have motion sickness, but in percentage, how many people get motion sickness? It's not just getting motion sickness. So, like, my wife gets motion sick when she flies, okay? So she does, like, the the Dramamine or, like, a patch or something. It's not just people who get motion sick. There are people that when they wear it, it just does something to them, and it makes them feel queasy. They don't like it. You also have to consider, not all games are equal. I was talking to a friend of mine, and he said he played one or two games, and it was totally fine, but there was some other game he played. He said there was something about it. It just it made him queasy. It was So even individual games can have varying uh, motion experiences to, to your brain. You don't have any control over that. It's not something you can, like, will yourself through. So that's the question I have, is if you pull, like, what's the, what's the brain... Um, like what's the, what's the brain aspect that's common and, uh, I'm talking about tale of shadows. Oh, how many people have that experience? If you, if you, if you sat down, like try and get a trend in society, sit down 5,000 people, how many of them are going to tell you, yes, I had a negative experience with this. It made me feel some motion, some weird motion sickness, and they would then never consume your product. 
that stuff gets solved with tech advances I've given room for that I've given room for that they could get better about like you put on like a piece of like a like a pair of glasses and it and it communicates with your eyes in a way that doesn't create the motion sickness there certainly could be VR technological advances that would then minimize that effect that doesn't make that market share bigger by enough of a margin to compete with PC and console saturation it would help but it wouldn't suddenly remove the, the main tenet of my argument is that it will always be a smaller market share which will always pose a significant challenge for funding look at how gaming operates like the the, the funding necessary we talk about this all the time the budgets the scope the teams the margins are razor thin like production of video games is insane we talk about this when we talk about video game prices you can't in one breath argue about how video games are grossly underpriced given the given the scope and cost and production teams and the time invested and the size of the companies you can't argue that and then in the next breath like ignore that whenever you're going to consider cost to profit margin for a VR game like (laughs) you're you're talking about such a small portion you can talk the numbers all you want but the minute you take your numbers and you put them up next to pc market share it's just absolutely overshadowed absolutely overshadowed in the future it'll be a necessity no i don't think so no, I don't think VR, I don't think VR will become a necessity. I don't think it'll be universally adopted the way that televisions are. I don't think so. No. If you think about advancements in what and how we consume media, think about it. It's barely moved. It's barely moved. Really, seriously. The way that people consume television, little teeny black and white televisions compared to now, what's changed? Size and quality. That's it. The medium hasn't changed. It's struggled to change for a reason. Because you can't change the way our brains and our eyeballs work. You can't. There's literal science that's going to make some of this just not possible. Now, VR technological advancements to reduce the motion sickness, sure. But you're always going to have that feeling of like, I don't want to wear something on my face. I like sitting and just watching. Like, look at 3D movies in comparison. There's always one theater for the movie running 3D and the rest are not. Why? Because people don't want to wear the thing on their face. Tell that to FaceTime. Tell that to YouTube. You're not interacting with what I'm saying. I'm talking about what it looks like. A flat screen. It's a flat screen that you look at. I'm talking about the mechanical the mechanical medium that shows you the entertainment has only changed in size and quality 3D televisions didn't go anywhere for a reason a lot of these curved TVs they're not doing well either why it doesn't people don't like it you're wearing a thing on your face right now a different It's improving my vision, not messing with my vision. Nothing can beat sitting down, pressing a button, and entertainment's ready to go. My biggest problem with your argument is the word never. Uh, It has a very good chance of becoming mainstream as it's adopted in other industries. It'll grow in gaming. 
Mm. No. No, I don't think so. I think PC. I think PC gaming is growing at such a rate you 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 won't catch it. You just won't catch it. <laughs> that's the. Th- I think that's the point. You, look at it like this: VR isn't just like a different box to play games on. Like, oh, the PlayStation will never get past the Xbox. Yeah, well, it did, right? You make the right market moves and the right, you know, you capitalize on Xbox's failings when they marketed the Xbox One, all of that, okay? I don't think that VR units have a, have, have I don't think it's a possible they'll ever catch, they will ever catch the, the PlayStation saturation and they certainly will never catch the PC saturation. I just don't think it's possible. I don't. Because cell phones are at a saturation that's mind-boggling because it's a it's a day-to-day utility, and that's how that's the I think that's the only way you'd get VR at that saturation. It would have to become like a cell phone. It, you you would have to remove the idea that like oh it's for gaming. You're gonna play games with this thing. It would have to be a very wearable like like almost like glasses, unseen, almost mere thing that brings utility to your daily life and then then it would market saturate beyond PCs because it would become like a cell phone so that's going to be the biggest and most significant challenge is how do you even build that doesn't even exist yet the technology probably doesn't exist that would be cheap enough and good enough and accessible enough that the common person is like yeah I, I, I have that I wear that all the time, the way that you carry a cell phone. I, I just, I think that's going to be a significant struggle. Because there's a big difference between everybody having a cell phone, because what is it? It's a miniature TV in your pocket, right? It's something that we were already accustomed to interacting with, and it's now, now we're interacting with it in a more convenient way. Wearing something that interacts with your eyes and brain in a whole new way is always going to have that potential subjective element of I just I don't like the way that it feels or it makes me feel queasy or whatever because you have to consider you have to consider we're we still haven't fully grappled with how much technology and screen integration that we've we've we've, we've put on ourselves how much of an impact that's going to have on our brains so again we don't know like this sort of a thing may always struggle to get off the ground because again it, 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 people will struggle to like integrate with it in a way that feels good. People don't know that staring at their screens and laptops and TVs throughout the entire day and right up until the point they go to bed, they don't know that's messing with their sleep cycles, but like the science is catching up and telling people it is messing with your sleep cycles. So like the science, like the brain science will catch up and it'll affect, it'll again, probably have an effect of the receptiveness of something that you literally wear on your face. That's like, like, broadcast into your eyeballs not a mini TV more like a mini computer we're saying the same thing though it's a screen that you you, you get entertainment from early bluetooth devices enter chat how many people how's the bluetooth industry doing how how are how are wearable bluetooth doing right now how's that industry doing I don't think it's doing very well (laughs) I don't I don't ever see anybody wearing them anymore 
I could be wrong, but that felt like a huge flash in the pan. I, 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 that was a huge. That felt like a huge flash in the pan. Now people are doing like little wireless headphones because the convenience of not having a wire, but like the like little Bluetooth wearables to be like, is that what you're talking about? Yeah, like AirPods, sure. Blue. That's not what I meant. Yes, sorry. Bluetooth headphones are certainly super popular because of the absence of a wire. I'm talking about those the 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 stupid earpiece ones. Those things were those things were so here and gone, probably because people want the headphones. AirPods are of all Bluetooth wearables, right? Yeah, the old school, like, one-ear ones, I guess probably just got surpassed by the convenience of, like... But again, again, that's just basic headphone technology, and now you just don't have a wire. That doesn't change the sound. It doesn't change the way that they feel. It doesn't make... It doesn't have a risk of motion sickness, so it's not a good analogy. That's 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 a terrible analogy to VR. It, headphone technologies existed for, for forever for a really really dadgum long time and you remove the wires that's all you did you didn't do you didn't change the way that like that that like oh that makes me motion sick to wear a bluetooth headphones as will vr i don't oh, huh brain science i'm telling you the brain science is always going to keep this in a in a in a non-mainstream category the brain science is going to prevent it Yeah, they do have those new ones that vibrate through your skull. Those ones are weird. Bluetooth was never wired. I don't think you're listening to what I'm saying. What I was saying is you 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 can't Yeah, Bluetooth removed a pain point. VR adds one. That's exactly right. We were already wearing headphones. We were already wearing them. And you developed technology to get rid of the wire. <laughs> Like, that's not changing my experience with the headphones other than making it more convenient, for sure. It's way more convenient. Definitely. I love my Bose Bluetooth headphones. But VR is not doing that. VR is fundamentally changing the way that you experience the, the media. It's, a, it's, it's not even remotely the same. You have to understand that in one hand, you're talking about how amazing the technology is, how amazing the experience is. Why, why can you say that? Because it is vastly different than just watching a screen. And as soon as you establish that premise, you've, you've established what I'm talking about. It is so significantly different than just watching a TV screen. It will always struggle to be accepted as a mainstream technology piece the way that cell phones and TVs are. what would be the audio equivalent of VR I just don't know because 
part of this is coming down to like I think I think part of this comes down to the fact that there is there is unchangeable brain science about the way that your body receives information through your eyes in your brain and what that does to you like at a biological level at like a chemical level there are things that happen to you when you consume this type of media so no matter how technologically advanced it gets there are going to be people that are like i can't do it think of how much better roller coasters are now than they were when like our parents were kids they're smoother they're bigger they're faster and there's still a portion of society that just can't ride a roller coaster it doesn't matter how advanced it gets smooth it gets how good it gets doesn't matter like i can't do it i feel like vr is always going to be like the roller coaster of entertainment it's in this category of like i just my brain just doesn't like it my eyeballs the science of like whatever happens from here to here with inner ear it, it, there are people that are just, they're never going to be able to do it. And you're like, well, they could come up with technology to minimize that. I just, maybe, you're literally putting a screen in front of your eyes. Like, you, 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 can't, you can't change the way that that feels to a point that people won't feel motion sick. It's, it's, an, it's like an alternate reality at that point. And at that point, your brain might reject it. There is an audio equivalent. Some companies experiment with an addition to headphones that sat on your neck and it generated bass. It didn't work. Some people won't won't dictate it going mainstream or not. I think it'll never go mainstream for gaming purely because of the market saturation of PCs. It's it'll never catch that, and that's why big game companies are always going to avoid it. They won't avoid it, but they'll definitely do smaller projects. I don't think the market share of VR units will ever catch up to uh, PCs and mobile devices. I just don't think so. I just I don't know. The, here, here's 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 the significant challenge. The way that we consume media and games right now, it's kind of like when we talk about how the purple platform is the indigenous platform, right? It's the, it, it got there first. Well, that's the problem, isn't it? TVs, computers, and cell phones kind of got there first. They're indigenous to our daily life now. It's just like this is the indigenous technology. To, uh, to, to uproot that and upset that and to overtake it, I just think is, is too great of a challenge for something that we already know just from science. Like, it's too subjective. There are lots of people that will never, they'll just never do it. They'll never like it. They've already made up their mind. Or they'll try it once and be like, I don't like it. It's not for me. It's too different. I get motion sick. There are people that don't even get motion sick that just don't, they don't like it. They don't like the way that it feels. The motion sickness is heavily gender biased against women. They suffer more due to subtle differences between micro swing between men and women. Uh, you got to fix for that for it to become mainstream. Um, Hilly says live action film was a huge component of early VR. 
It sounds wonderful until you stop to think about the drawbacks. Pro, a massive screen floating right in front of you. Con, it looks like it's covered in fine mesh. Pro, a 360 degree experience. Con, you have to follow it by spinning a chair. Uh, Pro, immerse yourself in the media. Con, you're not actually interacting with the experience. Uh, And good luck eating popcorn in a VR headset. Throw in the expense and the inconvenience of a 360 degree camera. The difficulty of making money for short films and the niche status of VR, it's not surprising that they didn't take off. Decade fails flops, tech science culture, Apple, Google, and data Kickstarter. So they're more like a sub-genre. So this person saying that VR, but VR is doing better now, or or is they saying VR movies were a huge struggle? That still doesn't matter, though. Numbers is what matter. <clears throat> if I may, I think maybe Chat and uh, and Lono are talking past each other. Arguing for tech to be mainstream is different than a developed tech to serve a specific industry. That's what I'm saying. So when I we got we got to define terms. When I say mainstream, I mean like the saturation of televisions, PCs, and cell phones. It's mainstream. It's everywhere. And my contention has been that VR won't get there. It, it, it won't. So that's my definition. So when I talk about it'll never be mainstream in gaming, that's what I mean. It'll never have a big enough of the market share to be a, to, to have like the mainstream feel. It won't get the bigger games. It won't get the bigger projects. It will get the smaller games and the smaller projects. That's not a slight. I just think that's the general reality that will come from this. I think what you see right now with Horizon Forbidden West and then the Horizon VR experience, I think that's going to be so common 10 years from now. It'll be so common. It'll, it'll, it'll be, there'll be like a, a smaller slice side piece. Think about when they do this with, um, uh, walking dead. You know how they do like the mini episodes on their website. They're like offshoot episodes on their website. I wouldn't be surprised if lots of games do that. They want to get their foot in VR, but it has to be a smaller scope and a smaller project. Why? It's a smaller market. That, that just stands to reason. That's what's going to happen. The, the VR market will always be smaller than the PC market. It'll, it, it will always be a smaller market share. You shouldn't speak in absolutes. I'm telling you, there's too many accessibility barriers to VR for it to surpass like PlayStation market saturation or PC market saturation. I just don't think so. Mainstream means general adoption, not ubiquity. So if I'm using the wrong word, whatever, you get my point. You get what I'm saying. It'll be, it'll feel like it. I think what they're doing with Horizon, that's going to be your standard. Five or ten years from now, if big games are doing it, it'll be like that. It'll be, come play God of War 7. Oh, and we have this offshoot God of War VR experience as well. Why? Well, they bolster each other. It's it's it's, it's a good symbiotic relationship. But one will certainly be the larger game project and budget because it's selling to a larger market share. What percentage of the gaming market would it need to be if we considered mainstream? 40%, 50%? Well, I, I don't know. The, 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 the projections for PC gaming growth in... in wh- wh- where was that? Wheezy posted it. The projections for PC gaming growth, it's insane. It's its nuts. 
I v, VR it'll it'll take them it'll take them just to run just to run that number down and catch them would, would, is going to take for it would take a significant amount of time if if it's even possible. What? Fine. I've been avoiding the apples because I think those those have been messing with me. I don't know why. I should have told you that. Here's a question: Does it need to be as big as Xbox, Sony, PC? No. Uh, here's what happens you guys have a dog in the fight because you either own it like it or think it's great and so you have a dog in the fight and you're not hearing what I'm saying I'm not saying that it needs to be as big as Sony PC or or like considered mainstream I'm saying this is the category it's going to live in because of what everything we know about about the the budgets of games the scope of the projects and and how much they need in in like market sales return to to make a margin like we've talked about this all the time like the price of games hasn't gone up so monetization structures have changed revenue streams have changed why because production costs of games are are significantly higher than they used to be so if that if we're going to say that's true about the industry that truth about the industry will have i think a a permeating long-standing effect on VR standing in the gaming market. It's always going to be a smaller market share and thus get smaller projects and games. Why? Because there's no way you'll get imagine the budget in the scope of of Horizon Forbidden West and taking that whole project, all that scope, all that cost and sinking that into a VR game. They would say, "No, we're not going to do that." Why? We will never make the money back. It's a smaller market. Now, there you could make an argument that VR saturation gets high enough that you could start to say we can dedicate more time and resources to VR projects because VR saturation has grown significantly and our projected sales would be here. So, yeah, we can allocate more funds to this game. But as 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 VR grows in saturation, so will PS5s, Xbox Series Xs, and PCs. So they're they're always going to be sort of they're always going to be sort of growing next to each other to a certain degree, right? Like if if you're driving 100 miles an hour and I'm driving 75 miles an hour, we're always going to stay the same length apart. So if the growth of PC gaming continues at its rate, even if VR has great growth patterns, it's always going to sort of be behind, which means its market share won't be big enough, so it'll always get smaller games, smaller projects. That's all I've been saying. I see mainstream titles having the traditional version and the VR version. Well, if that were to happen, Eugene... Two things would have to happen. Technology that would allow for very, very seamless porting of a, of a traditional game like Horizon Forbidden West, traditional action-adventure third-person game. You'd have to develop technology that can convert that into a VR experience, and it'd have to be cheap and effective, because if not, they'd never do it. If it's not cheap, it's not effective, it's, if it's slow, they're not going to want to do that. That's going to be all this extra cost. And then, again, for what? For something to be sold to a smaller market. 
I think one of the reasons Avatar was so enjoyable as a 3D movie and a lot of these other movies that just do like the 3D glasses, the effect, they're not even close. Why? He filmed Avatar to be 3D. You have to build a game to be VR in order for it to be in, like as good as other VR games. You can't just be like, oh yeah, let's let's just make Horizon Forbidden West VR. It, you, you, you have to build an entirely different game. Because you have to be in the head of the player. What we're discounting right now is that VR game development requires very specific tech. I can see a world where something like UE or Unity has seamless framework for VR. Yeah, you'd almost have to have a game where as you're developing Horizon, Horizon Forbidden West sequel, like Horizon Zero Dawn 3, let's say, As they're developing that game and they're establishing the rules of Aloy's movement and what she does, it'd have to be simultaneously building what the VR would feel like. When she turns her head, when she looks up and down, when she draws the bow, all those things would have to be built simultaneously. And the real challenge there would be, that's not how VR works. Aloy's character model is built to look cool and move and be awesome and create an amazing experience. VR, your arms and hands are like detached and floaty. Why? Because you have to be able to bring your hands up in front of you and interact with things in a way that wouldn't... You see the the, the massive barrier of taking just like a basic third-person action adventure game and like, oh, we're just going to turn it into a VR. Holy moly, you'd have to rebuild the whole game enemy aggro all that would have to be adjusted because it's it's completely different it's not just that the game mechanics yeah all the game mechanics exactly exactly i think vr is going to make leaps and bounds i really do i think it's going to make leaps and bounds i think people are really really going to like it i think it will grow in popularity but i'm telling you i the way that we know the gaming industry works it will, for the foreseeable future, struggle to get the funding and the big projects because of it being a smaller market share. Even if the tech gets more advanced, I still think it will consistently have a smaller market share than PC gaming in, in, or, or, um, or even PlayStations. I think we'll eventually get to like a really good saturation like once they can get the, the everything um, ramped up or whatever. abstraction and encapsulation in the software environment could mask those things it's certainly not simple to do but it's definitely a concept on paper that could work is the only difference between vr and flat in the display pipeline is the math of the space objects and light the same no it's completely different it's completely different like the distance between you and an object and how you interact with objects it's 100% different you couldn't just turn Horizon Forbidden West into a VR game it wouldn't work because as soon as you're in the head of the player distance between you and the ground distance between you and enemies and stuff like all of that has to be completely retooled it's not like you can just be like oh yeah it's VR you're in Aloy's head now what's your definition of the foreseeable future? Well, I'm not. Don't try and twist my words. I think, in a permanent way, in the gaming realm, VR devices will always be a smaller market share than PC gaming. Therefore, I think 
VR games will always struggle to get the larger budgets and the larger scopes and projects. Why? They are selling to a smaller market share. So when you're selling to a smaller market share, you're going to get less money so you can have an easier time making a margin. This is pure business. This isn't me slamming VR. I'm not saying it's a fad and it'll fizzle out and fade out. I'm not saying that. Like, you guys keep you guys keep drawing analogies. It's it's kind of it's a little condescending. Like, I'm smart enough to know you're not being condescending, but it's a little condescending to draw comparisons to what I'm saying to like somebody saying that the internet is a fad. I'm not saying it's a fad. I'm not saying it's gonna fizzle out. I'm saying there are significant economic barriers to this ever being in the same realm of market share as PC gaming and therefore it will consistently struggle to get the larger budgets and the larger titles and the larger projects it'll be a consistent struggle because you're going to have companies that want to do it and they're not going to be able to get funding or the funding they get is not going to be big enough why? because projected sales will always be lower than PC that's that's the point that I'm making. I'm not saying it's a fad and it'll fizzle out and, 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 and it'll be a joke. I'm not saying that. Yeah, Decrew Seeds, I've made sure to continue to say that. I'm speaking in the realm of gaming. I am speaking in the realm of gaming. PC gaming's growth patterns are insane. It's insane. That market is going to be so insurmountable for something that requires extra cost and is subjective to the person whether they like it or not. I believe that in 20 or 30 years, it'll be a necessity, at least in business. I'm not talking about that, though. I've been talking about gaming. Because gaming is driven by budgets and, and, and scope and projects and potential profit. Can any 3D game environment be ported into VR with a minimum or additional effort? Uh, answer. No. At a minimum... The entire UI has to be redone. Most games use screen space UI. That's a 2D image drawn on top of the game scene at the end. That's wonderful normal displays. For VR, there are two screens. What do you draw? Left, right, both? The answer is neither. The best practice right now is to convert the world space to a world space UI. Input also needs to change. How the camera work needs to change. Yeah, like you can't just port a game to VR. Yeah, that's, that's not... It, currently, that's not possible. I mean, you could... There, an engine could come out that is like, hey, if you build your game in our engine, we've come up with simultaneous VR building technology, so whatever you build over here for your first-person shooter also then builds over here for a VR experience. That is within the realm of possibility, for sure, that, that, that an engine like that appears on the market. But it's still going to be a question of, is that technology, is it effective and affordable and is it going to be something we can get an ROI on?
quick, how do we build an engine? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I mean, that's probably, that's probably pioneer, pioneer tech work right now, is if somebody can come up with a game engine that can, that can, that can take your work in this game and simultaneously build systems for a VR experience, that would be, that would be a stellar, stellar engine to, to be able to do that. here that VR will never be mainstream that VR will never pass PC I don't get what we're arguing right now my entire premise has been wheezy that VR will never be mainstream in gaming it'll never be at like PC gaming I consider like PC gaming is like mainstream it's the largest market it's where most of the games launch right and I believe that VR will always be a significantly smaller market share than that and will thus then always be treated as sort of a niche market with smaller games and smaller projects and I had people giving me numbers of growth and how much money it's making and how good it is and how popular it's becoming and I'm like that has nothing to do with what I'm saying my premise is a a market reality that I don't think will change define PC gaming what do you mean define PC gaming PC gaming is is, is self defining people that game on a PC the PC gaming growth numbers that Wheezy had been putting in the Discord recently, it, they're astronomical. They're in, it's, it's insane. That's why Sony's moving their games to PC. Never's a massive scope. I honestly think neural interfaces will turn this on its head. That's possible. That's possible. But again, if it feels intrusive and it feels weird to people, that subjective experience is going gonna, is gonna to be a barrier for saturation because people will be like, yeah, I tried it. It was too weird. When I look at Steam, most of those games cost nothing to make and they run on toasters. What, I, I, I'm not connecting the dots. What do you, what do you mean by what do you? What point are you making with saying that, Eugene? You're missing the fact that it's going to be backed by one of the most popular companies in gaming, which is PlayStation. People love PS games. Imagine God of War VR and other uh, PlayStation first-party games VR. I got bad news for you. A lot of those games will be terrible VR experiences. <laughs> God of War VR would be awful. It's not that, that you'd have to make a whole new game. You you can't you can't be running in a room with like multiple targets and flipping around, turning around, and doing all this stuff in VR. It's it's so different. It's not. Some games will not translate into VR very well at all. It would be all. It would be action adventure games, third person especially. I think would be very difficult to make a, a good VR experience. They don't have to be first person. I think first person games are far more likely to translate well into VR. I'm saying that they're more likely. I think third person games with the way they build them and how the action kicks up and how, how you fight and stuff. I think a third person action adventure game would be significantly harder to make, to, to, to turn it into a good VR experience. Because PC gaming encapsulates a stupid amount of various hardware configurations of various levels of performance, so the difference between PC gaming and high-end gaming, and VR fits into high-end gaming, right? But so if we look, if you consider multi-platform releases, Eugene, they don't worry about high-end gaming; they just worry about the fact that yeah, you can play this on a PC. Now they do have minimum specs, but like. 
take any multi-platform release game the, the, the scope of the project, the budget, everything they put into it. Like even I would say Halo Infinite is all is, is not is not all multi-plat, but it's semi-multi-plat in that you can get on any Xbox and you can get it on PC, right? And you got, you know, a five hundred million dollar budget or whatever. I can't see with the current, you know, how many Xboxes are in circulation as well as PCs. We've been consistently saying this, have we not? That PC gaming is becoming so popular and so widespread. That's why Sony's putting their games on PC. It's why Microsoft's strategy is to create a Microsoft ecosystem that spans outside of Xbox and onto PC. Why? Because the market reach is insane when you tell people, oh yeah, you can get this game on PC. Like, that, that, that taps into an enormous market. And that's what my argument is based on. It's like, you will not rival that market saturation with VR. I don't think so. It's an extra purchase. You need space, and lots of people don't like it. It's the experience of it is is subjective. It's not like when you buy a PC, you're like, I really don't like PC gaming. It makes me motion sick. Who's nobody saying that, right? Now, there's probably some stigma about you know PC gaming with mouse and keyboard, but controllers are, are, are so readily plugged in now. I don't think people think that that much anymore. They might. I don't know. <clears throat> when you move to VR, your entire concept of gaming experience needs to change. What is boring on a screen may be engrossing in VR. VR can make walking across the living room uh, a very intense thing. Well, yeah, I mean, you're, you're, it's, it's got to be a completely different build. Because it's the way the way that it all works. You can't just port a game over to VR. Again, technology could be developed to do that, but that doesn't mean that a game will make a good VR. I think third-person action adventure games, especially, would make would would just wouldn't port over well. I can't imagine it working as well. It's just it would it would I think it would feel awkward. So like Fortnite, we know half the player base was PlayStation. Is that true? Half the player base of Fortnite is PlayStation? Where was that stated? It's on Switch and mobile and PC. And half was on PlayStation? There's So wait, did more people play Fortnite on PlayStation than mobile? I don't think the market that's capable of playing higher-end games is that big. It seems dominated by low-end rigs. <clears throat> Half the micros came from PlayStation. I think that I think you're misrepresenting that stat. You're going based off that article where they had to pay they had to pay PlayStation if a percentage of people we're buying micros on PlayStation. I think I I no, I think you're misrepresenting that stat. I don't think that's how that stat read. That 50% of the micros came from PlayStation. I don't think that that's true. I thought it was it was it was a percentage of it was like something where if a percentage of the people that crossplay spend money I forget what it was. It wasn't it wasn't that we make up 50% of the micros. That's not what it was. I remember reading it. It's a confusing statistic the way they outlined it. It was like you need to pay us if we represent a percentage of the of the of the micros, but it was also tied to crossplay. 
I don't know what the player breakdowns are. I can't imagine that more people are playing on PlayStation than mobile. That I, I find that hard to believe. I mean, the PlayStation had amazing saturation, so maybe. I, I don't know. As of September, PS4 46.8, Xbox One 27.5, iOS 7, rest 18%. Where'd you pull that? Oh, that's revenue. That's revenue. That seems crazy to me. I, it's got to just be the PlayStation saturation is just at such a higher level. It's so surprising that the Switch isn't on there and that the uh, and that iOS isn't high. About 70% of Fortnite players have made at least one in-game purchase with the medium spending of around $85. Player called Wissom leads the hours. The vast majority of Fortnite players on console over any other device, constituting 78%. That's so wild that it didn't take off on mobile. Compare this to players playing Apex Legends, 28% on PC, 42% mobile PUBG. Uh, France represents 29% of the core gamers outside of the U.S., there's a clear divide between the player base of Fortnite and PUBG. That's super surprising that that mobile didn't take off like a rocket with Fortnite. If if this was like a quiz show and you were like, "All right, Lono, what is the greatest percentage of player saturation for Fortnite?" and you put PlayStation, Xbox, and mobile, I'd have picked mobile without even hesitating. I'd be like, "Oh yeah, mobile." And it's like the smallest. That's like super surprising. It seems unconventional given how many mobile devices are out there, but it might be mobile devices that can play Fortnite well maybe is the issue. Like mobile saturation's high, but a mobile device that can actually play Fortnite well might be not as high as maybe I'm assuming. I might be assuming that tons of people have a device that can like run Fortnite at a decent level. That's also, was that purchases? No, no, no. The vast majority play on console. Right, right, right. Nobody saves the world. When's it releasing? Nobody saves the world lands on January 18th. Oh, that's good. That's the makers of Guacamelee. Yes, that game looks so, so good. I hope it's got split. I hope it's got local co-op. Is Fortnite banned on Apple? It eventually got banned on Apple because of the because of the, what they did with the with the micros. They were letting people get around the micro limitation or whatever it was. So again, I ask, how much of this PC gaming market is capable of playing the games we're talking about, or is it basically people playing mobile games? Well, Eugene, you'd have to ask those. Okay, you'd have to find those articles that Wheezy posted that talked about how how insane PC gaming is growing, and he he referenced there was. I remember Wheezy putting it in the Discord and showing that like there was some CEO at some company that was changing their stratagem because PC gaming is going to, is exploding at a rapid rate. So assuming and presuming that like oh everybody's just playing junky little indie mobile games on their PC, I don't know if we can presume that with with what you're doing with Fortnite. Like oh they're playing on console because they don't have a PC strong enough to play Fortnite. That company is Capcom. Right, like, I don't think we can see the rise of PC gaming and talk about how amazing it is and be like, well, most of these people are playing junk games. Why? Well, because most people play Fortnite on PlayStation. 
that's so close to being a non sequitur. That doesn't follow. Like just because that's how Fortnite trended, that means that that you're you're presuming so much there. Yeah, a potato can run Fortnite. Exactly. It's so well optimized. They optimized Fortnite well enough that it got 60 FPS on the old on, on a PlayStation 4 and an Xbox One. I'm not doubting it's exploding. I'm doubting the capabilities of the hardware. But with the advancements, like the fact that like Fortnite is on it was on UE4, now it's on UE5, and it can literally run on a potato. How many piece? How many games launch multi-platform and can run on like low-quality PCs? A lot of games can. Fortnite system requirements are basically have a part from the past 15 years. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, Destiny trends that way? Like, trends away from lower performing devices? Sure. I actually think prior to Beyond Light, Destiny is one of the best PC ports I've ever played. It was so rock solid. It was so rock solid. It felt very well optimized for lower performing devices. Apex trends that way? I just... It's so hard to be like Fortnite and Apex trend that way when we know console, for those types of games, console is king. For the more serious tactical shooters, PC is king. Do you see the the difference? Like, I don't think those are good examples. I don't think Apex and Fortnite are good examples. I think they appeal to a younger generation and the younger generation, I'm fairly certain most of them are, are console guys. They're playing on their Xboxes. They're playing on Switch and, and, and PlayStation. I think the older generation's on PC, and the older generation doesn't gravitate towards uh, towards Fortnite. Now, Apex may be a better age split, but I think Fortnite does appeal to the younger audience, which is why it probably did so well on consoles, because that's I feel like that's a younger audience. Apex was also only originally on Origin until EA brought it to Steam. Yeah, that's another barrier. People don't want to get another launcher. I mean, when Epic launched its thing and got exclusive rights to certain games, people got so aggravated. Um, Yeah, the number of gaming users worldwide from 2008 to 2025 by category... Yeah, it's just the, the the next the next couple of years is just like such good steady growth. I just I don't know. Every kid I know is going uh, to PC and VR. Oh, this is typical. But my nephews who are ten and thirteen both play PC more than console these days. I'd be interested in the I'd be interested in the demographics. Um. I'd be I'd be interested in the demographics because uh, that to me just feels like the older generation building a PC, getting a strong PC, playing PC games, that feels like an older gen thing. But again, I could be wrong. We I would like I said I was guessing Fortnite was had more people playing on mobile because there's just so many mobile devices out there. Um Hmm. image result oh so demographics for PC gaming 
it looks like 25 and up makes up 43 59% right yeah it's about it looks like a 60 40 split so 60% are 25 and up I mean, if you go 14 and down, it's only 20% on PC. But when you go 15 to 24, that's a pretty big bracket. This report that Hilly has is showing that it's like a 60-40 split, but 15 to 24, I mean, that's that's pretty... I don't... You know, once they get to like 19, I don't feel like they're a kid. Like 19 to 24 doesn't feel like a kid, but, you know, 18% are 14 and down. 14 to 8 for age 14 to 6 is 18 percent of them are on pc and then the rest are age 15 and up so you know 60 percent are 25 age and up so yeah a majority of the pc marketplace is older than you know mid-20s So, I mean, yeah, you guys can share what you, you know, the people that you know and what they do. I mean, according to this infographic that Hilly found, it, I was correct. It's not stark, but I was correct. Yeah, 60% of the PC gaming marketplace is aged 25 and up. You know, 20, 18% is ages 6 to 14, only 18%. So, like, that's not a that's that's a that's a minority. Like again, I think most of that age bracket, six to fourteen, is probably on console. Why? Well, think about what parents are doing. Parents are just buying them an Xbox or a Switch or a PlayStation, and then it's over and done with. You know, it's a more simplistic purchase for a uh, for for a parent to make. This is all speculation because a disruptive tech becomes mainstream. It takes it by storm. We won't know until we do. I still believe some rich and arguably smarter people are investing for in VR for a reason. I think you see investment in a tech boom all the time, though, and they ride it until it until it busts. Sometimes, you see what I'm saying, Takashi? Like, invest people investing in VR makes sense. Why? It's on a rise. It's it's on a fast rise. So you, you see what I'm saying? Of course, you, oh yeah, you invest in that, ride it, ride it on its way up, you know, and then it, if it, if it, if it ends up, you know, kind of not going anywhere or stagnating or, or busting or whatever, then they'll, they'll all pull out. I don't think it's going to bust. I think VR has a bright future. I just think it's always going to struggle with market share. I think that's just going to be this. It, it's the consistent struggle for VR. That's what it'll be marked by. It'll be marked by a smaller market share which will inevitably affect the developers and the and the and the budgets and the and the the support it's it, it that's going to be it's that's going to be it's it's struggle it's going to be it's going to be amazing it's going to continue to be cool and it's going to it's going to set like industry records of like oh new tech sales and all that that sure yeah it's going to be it's going to be able to do all those things You think more than half of the PCs out there are more capable than a PS4? I don't know, but I have a feeling that they aren't. So you want to know if 
we want to speculate do more than half of the PCs out there are they more capable than a PS4 they they, they would have to be because the tech in the PlayStation 4 is so old it's so old at this point do you know how like PC PC like PC gaming like I can't imagine the percentage like the PC gaming market being the size that it is I can't imagine those PCs being basically like 13 to 15 year old technology a PS4 is roughly the equivalent of a GTX 750 yeah I, I cannot imagine the vast majority of the PCs out there that are that are considered a PC gaming PC right being weaker than a 750 the most popular GPU in the world is a 1060 yeah I, I think the general PC marketplace it, they're they're reasonable they're not st- super super weak or super strong I think they're just reasonable little rigs that can play most games at medium to low settings you know I had a GTX 750 like 12 years ago that's what I mean I, I just I don't think I don't think the, the, the rigs that are out there that are playing games because you gotta think you have to think Eugene if a computer is that weak is it even running anymore? Goodness gracious. If your PC is that weak, it's literally weaker than a PlayStation 4. I don't how on earth is it still running? You, the parts would eventually just stop working at that le- that length of life. China, India, Latin America all deal in generally older tech. Yeah, maybe that's possible but that weak weaker yes 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 Eugene sure but that weak weaker than a 750 I don't know I don't know maybe maybe they're all just doing like you said maybe it's just very popular you know little indie goofy mobile games I I, I don't know I don't know five years ago PlayStation 4s were essentially low end PCs you're thinking about the West which isn't where the growth is occurring yeah, so where the growth is occurring, what in the world are they buying? Are they buying... You think they're buying super ancient video cards? 750s? Passing over the fact that the PS4 and the Xbox One have the worst CPUs ever made. That would be super interesting if like really, really old CPUs and motherboards and video cards were like booming in popularity in those markets. That would just be so wild. China's being flooded with used... What? Market... Flooded with RTX 3060s and 3080s. Oh, the crackdown on crypto has created an abundance of graphics cards. Wonder what the top 20 games played on Steam are and what the minimum required specs to play those games. Graphics cards right now are going for an arm and a leg. Well, yeah. Trying to dispel the notion that they have a bunch of Radeon 
fifties or something. So you're showing you're showing Wheezy that these these PCs that are that are in abundance in these other countries are not a bunch of weak PCs. Is that what you're saying? It's yeah. The miners might have those vid cards, but the gamers might not. We're in a world where 4K at 120 hertz is the standard for good. I feel like a lot of people are playing at 1080 60 and feeling happy. Oh, for sure. People, I, I told people that I did that. I, I, I set my monitor to 60 hertz and I play all my games at 60 hertz because it just it's easier to capture. I have an easier time capturing gameplay. That's why I do it. That's that's why I do it. It's just it's just easier. I don't like the headache of running 120 and getting weird stutters and tearing when I capture for gameplay. So that's obviously unique to me, but still, I just I don't know. I mean, show what we're debating anymore. Oh, we're not really debating now. We're not really debating. We're just talking about, we're speculating about the percentages of PCs out there that are, that are like reasonably strong, not high end, but like, you know, reasonably strong. Give me, I'm going to run upstairs super, super quick and, uh, and use the restroom. I'll be right back. Make sure if you've enjoyed the conversation today, we got well off the Modern Warfare 2 leaks. Like nobody's searching for it or cares about it. I think that the, it broke and then that fan base just like doesn't like they, 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 I think it broke like a day or two ago. And I think we were just late. People didn't really care. So we, we definitely spent about an hour on it, but now we've been on this. So this has been a fun discussion about VR, PC trends, da, 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 da. If you've been enjoying the conversation, I keep it safe for work. We have video gaming news, talk shows like this all throughout the week. I do have a premiere today over on Presents. Uh, the co-founder of Twitch is launching an NFT marketplace, and I've got the story for you over there. So don't go anywhere. I'll be right back.
Oh, okay, sorry. My son's got this, like, it's like a spinner, and it casts light through it for, like, it's got, like, Star Wars and Baby Yoda and stuff, so, like, it puts it on his wall. And, like, it's been making, like, a weird noise. It's been making, like, a weird noise. It's, like, it's like everyone's all, like, rubbing, so, like, and he's like, can you fix it? Can you fix it? I'm like, buddy, I can't fix that. Is New World really CPU intensive? I thought it was GPU intensive. Wasn't it like... If, it, if people weren't capping their frames, it was like frying people's cards. Well, the cards were frying themselves, but you know what I mean? It is more CPU intensive? Oh. I thought it was harder on the graphics card. <clears throat> I mean, I know that was an inherent flaw in those cards that was making them burn out, but... It's definitely poorly optimized. Yeah, there are things about it that just it just doesn't run very well, for sure. Big time. Um. <clears throat> okay. I wish we could differentiate between potato PCs and cable PCs when discussing the size when discussing uh, the size of the market. I mean, I would still think, even if you could make the argument, like as a thought experiment, Eugene, if you could make the argument that like half the PC gaming market is is on a weaker PC, right? You still see big companies, big projects, big scope, like a big budget title going multi-platform because... Even if a a large percentage of PCs are weaker, that doesn't mean it's still not a humongous market.
The next Mario Kart's going to be Mario Kart Crossroad. That's the extent of the update. They're going to drop the numbering name and call it Mario Kart Crossroad. Sony is porting titles uh, that'll be suited to powerful PCs, then they're seeing a market there. That was a lot of that. That's what drove um, a lot of my a lot of my commentary. I missed some tips too. People were tipping during the debate. Dan tipped me five dollars, and Smashville Viking tipped me five dollars. Thank you guys. You don't even own a PC in 2022? I mean, you certainly don't need to. You certainly don't need to. Uh, not at all. We don't talk around here. We politely yell at each other. That's right. That's right. Man, that's impressive. We unlisted all those Destiny videos and the channel is still getting the same daily daily number, like daily engagement as far as views. So it was getting <laughs> it was getting the same with all those 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 videos listed. But when we unlisted them, it's doing the same. So that's that's good for all the new stuff. That's for sure. Did someone politely tell me the logic around potato versus non-potatoes? What do you mean? Like the term potato? Like a potato computer? Didn't it originate from Portal 2? If we're discussing bleeding edge and market trends, potatoes skew the discussion because they're not capable of playing the games that we're talking about. No, not necessarily. Look at Halo Infinite. Halo Infinite can run on lower end systems. It's not a highly demanding game. Right now, it's got optimization issues on PC for sure, but you can have a giant budget game that isn't necessarily cutting edge tech. You see, not every not every giant budget game is Forspoken or Starfield. I mean, goodness gracious! Like, 
Horizon Forbidden West is going to launch next month and it's going to be able to run on a PlayStation 4. That You see what I'm, you see what I'm saying? Horizon Horizon Zero Dawn got ported to PC and could run then arguably on a comparable PC. It would be 30 FPS, lower resolution, but the budget and the size of Horizon Forbidden West is launching on a system that's got 12-year-old tech in it. Halo isn't pushing boundaries. Neat. I I don't understand. Horizon Forbidden West isn't either. I mean, it is. It's going to have amazing things on the PS5, but that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think a lot of these big budget titles that, that I was referring to, like you're going to get more money because you're selling to a larger market. A lot of those games will, will, will be able to run on weaker PCs. I'm so confused. So what this is what Eugene's saying, Wheeze. If if a company is budgeting money for a project for a game that's going to be more cutting edge, more high tech and will then only be able to run on higher end PCs, he is saying that higher end PCs might be an easier demographic for VR to catch up to and match, and therefore VR would start to get some of the cutting-edge tech, bigger-budget titles, newer games. I, I believe that's what Eugene is trying to establish, is that if if you looked at the demographic of PCs out there, and a company that wants to make a cutting-edge game, like, imagine they're wanting to do on PC what Insomniac did with Ratchet and Clank or something like that, right? They want to they want to push to the very edge of what's possible technologically. What Eugene is saying is well the PC game market numbers could be skewed because there's so many weaker systems in there. Now my pushback on his claim is some of the biggest budgets and some of the biggest titles launch and can run on weaker systems. Why? because that's they want to make money so they want the systems they want they want the reach of the potential sales to be maximized that's why they release minimum tech specs on games so that you know oh I can buy this and play this on my mid-tier PC so he's right in this respect company A says we want to make a cutting edge technology game with all the newest and greatest stuff and if we do and it's PC only this is the market share of PCs that'll be able to play our game. And he's saying, if that market share of PCs that could play that game, if VR saturation catches up to that, then you'd have a good reason to say, hey, we can make this cutting-edge game and spend all of our money on a, on a VR game because there's less competition. It's VR, so there's less games to compete with. And... VR saturation in the market is is pretty is pretty equal to high-end PCs. That's what Eugene is saying. And sure, that's that's probably true. But I think the biggest titles, the biggest budgets, the more mainstream games, they're always they're always going to look at this and say, "We need the game to be able to run on mid-tier weak systems because that's a big market." 
we don't want to turn our we don't want to turn our back on that market and so I, I like I think that to to my arguments point I think there are very few companies that are going to look at the PC market and say we only want our game to run on the highest end tech you're not going to say that I mean you might but goodness gracious you're really going to shrink your market reach and then you're going to deal with all the dum-dums that buy the game anyway and can't play it and then want a refund and they want to complain. Echoing Paul on YouTube chat. So we're all talking the position. <clears throat> They're saying old hardware is holding back VR. No, 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 no. That's not what's being said. No, we're getting a little murky here. We were at one point talking about standalone VR and also VR that requires PC at the same time. Yeah, I guess that's my question, Eugene. To your point that you're trying to make, wouldn't wouldn't a cutting edge game that really requires lots of lots of like computing power, would it be able to run on these standalone VR units? Like, how how strong are these standalone VR units? Like, how comparable are they to the processing power of a, as you're saying, a high end PC? If the standalone VRs are the ones taking off, how strong are they? like comparatively the biggest selling VR headset in the world does not need a PC it's all in one what's its computing power equivalent to to a PC they're good for the casual gamers I can't imagine it's that strong there's no room for the components it's not there yet. Right, so you need you need a lot of things to fall into place for the saturation to get there and then for the projects and the budgets to get there. It's it's probably 10 years out. The 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 the, the um the obviously the Horizon Forbidden West one is going to run on the Sony one, which what I'm assuming does that harness the power of the PlayStation 5? The Sony the Sony VR2 or whatever. Yo, Dumpy Koala with a $5 tip. Don't have much to give. Just want to say I love the content you're putting out. You put uh, more work out than others. Thank you. Graphical downgrades, but they look good. They usually only lose distance in a few shaders. Look up comparison videos on Walking Dead. PSVR is stronger than the Quest, but it has a good adoption rate. Nah, much sooner than 10 years. No, it's going to take 10 years because think about it. Think about what you just said. The PSVR is stronger and it has a good adoption rate. And it's standalone, right? What do you think is going to (laughs) happen in four or five years when the tech advances and they want people to buy another one? you're going to be dealing with the same problem that the PlayStation's dealing with with crazy market saturation of the PlayStation 4. You're going to have all these people that are like, I literally bought this thing four or five years ago and I, and I got to buy another one and it would likely be more expensive. You're talking about it. You're talking about a similar problem that the PlayStation runs into.
The quest has a good adoption rate. I think that's where we're getting lost. The games aren't there yet, but they're about to be. How are the games going to get there if the computing power of the actual VR is, isn't strong enough? Aren't they going to have to come out with significantly stronger VR units so that they can run and look? Are you going to go from playing your PlayStation 5 to using one of these units, and aren't you going to be like, this doesn't seem that good? In comparison... Everyone views it through the lens of the current games available. That's about to change. I don't view it through the current games available. I couldn't name a single VR game to you right now other than Half-Life Alex. I don't view it through the current games available. I see I see all the barriers of saturation. That's what I see. Will cloud gaming be the future of consoles? Cloud gaming is only going to become be, become prominent and and popular and beloved if internet technology gets out of the gutter in the west. Our internet infrastructure in the West is a dadgum joke, and that's the biggest barrier for cloud gaming. If everybody had one gig up, one gig down, you know, rock solid fiber, then it would be we'd be we'd be a very different conversation about cloud gaming. It would be an it would be an easier sell to people. <clears throat> Quest is the only standalone headset on the market. Nothing else is standalone. I play my Quest and my PS5 daily. I'm not, I'm not asking if, if people would actually do that. What I'm saying is is graphical fidelity is important in this realm. If you're having people buy a standalone expensive piece of equipment and the games don't look that good because the computing power of the device isn't strong enough, you'd have to come out with stronger computing power devices in the future. And if you're having a good adoption rate and these things are selling well, you're going to run into the same problem that the Sony ran into. It's like all these people are perfectly happy with their existing you know, VR unit. And then guess what? You have a shrunken market. Because imagine right now making a game just for PlayStation 5. Look at the market share difference between PlayStation 5 and PlayStation 4. That's what you would that's the situation that you would be in. You're getting all these people to adopt weaker weaker models of, of VR and then you launch stronger models of VR in 5 years and your adoption rate gets hurt by the fact that lots of people have already bought the weaker devices. That means the higher fidelity, better, awesome, cooler looking games are going to struggle to get funding. Why? Because their market share is even smaller. It's a slice of the VR market share. Do you see? It's going to take a long time. That's why I said like 10 years. Because you would need the high-end VR units to be in good circulation in order for a game to get the budget and the funding to make like a high-fidelity, amazing VR game because they're going to look at the saturation of the strong VR devices that can run it. It would ju- It's the same idea of like right now making a PlayStation 5-only game. You're selling to a slice of the, of the PlayStation market. And the same will be true for VR. It's going to take a while. I'm not saying that it can't happen and that you can't get amazing games, but my gosh, you're going to spend the next three to four years getting good adoption rates with weak VR units. And then they'll up the technology. It'll get better. And then they'll have stronger ones available. Well, who go- who wants to design a game for a slice of a slice? Do you see what I'm saying? VR is already a small slice of the gaming market. And then if, if, in, if in 10 years, 
of that market, there's a slice that has high-end VR units. <laughs> you just you're making my argument for me at that point. That's my point. Is you're gonna have a really hard time to get funding. It's a slice of a slice of a slice. You're underestimating the power of the experience. Yes, the graphics are lower, but the experience is incredible. It's like Valorant. Graphics aren't the best, but the gameplay is good. I, I'm not underestimating the power of the experience. I think I think what you're underestimating is th- what we've been talking about is like higher end games, games that look amazing, like dev companies that want to spend the money to do that. Th- th- that's the point, isn't it? If you're trying to be forefront, forward thinking, front of the wave technology, you're going to want to have all that dope stuff in there. The new lighting technology, the new textures, the new engines, the new this, the new that. And if you got VR units that can't run anything that looks better than like mid-tier graphic Call of Duty, well then that's going to, again, that's going to make it struggle in the game market. Again, I'm talking about the struggles that VR will experience. That's all I'm outlining. I'm not saying it's dead or it's a fad. I'm saying this: these are all the challenges that the VR market's going to face with respect to margins and profitability and sustainability. Because what are people going to do when they buy all these units and in four or five years, there's just been like this teeny tiny trickle of games. that That's going to have an effect as well in consumer confidence in the device, which will have an effect on them buying another one. I thought that was a Gucci shirt for a second. Oh no, it's the A-Team. VR gaming is an important area within the metaverse concept. They will need these companies to be successful. I'm not saying they won't be successful. I'm outlining the challenges. That's all I'm outlining. I'm not I'm not saying it's dead in the water and it'll go nowhere. I'm saying these will be the market challenges for VR. These will be the market challenges. Cuz we're in the early adopter phase you're saying. Yeah, but you were also touting really impressive numbers. Those really impressive numbers will have an effect on the VR market share in 5 years. Because if a company wants to make, if they want to harness this new engine, this new technology, this new lighting, this new whatever, and the lion's share of the VR marketplace is on standalone devices that are too weak, that's my point. They'll say no. They'll be like, nah, we're, we're good. I'm not, I'm not going to make a game for that yet. We're going to have to wait. That's why I said it's going to be like 10 years before you really see big big awesome looking VR games now the PlayStation VR stuff might get a regular trickle because why well because it harnesses the power of the PlayStation there's no way they're running that they're not running the um, I asked this question you guys probably answered me they're not running that horizon VR thing they're not running that on a standalone right it runs off the PlayStation does it not Okay, it runs on the console. I I figured when I saw the graphical fidelity of that Horizon VR experience, I'm like, there's no way that's on a standalone device. My gosh. Here's a screenshot of the Walking Dead game. Standalone Quest 2 headset. No PC was needed to see this. Yeah, yeah, but that looks like something I I could play on my 360, Butters. That's the point. 
It doesn't look bad, but it certainly doesn't look good. It looks like a 360 game. That looks like when I played, you know, Dead Island on my 360. Or not Dead Island. What zombie game was on the 360? Would have been Left 4 Dead. It doesn't, I mean, it doesn't look bad, but again, I just, I'm not saying, I, again, I think we keep talking past each other. I'm outlining the actual market and business challenges VR is going to face. And you're like, but it looks good. That's, it has nothing to do with what I'm saying. But in comparison, standalone is very weak. And people are talking about standalone units that are having good adoption rates. That's my point. Like, think about that. Just think about that for a minute. If you have standalone units right now that are weaker and they're getting a good adoption rate and they're saturating the market, then they come out with stronger ones in five years. Getting an adoption rate on the stronger ones will be a challenge because just like getting people to switch from the PS4 to the PS5. If it like look at look at Butter's posture and attitude. He's like, "Look, it looks fine. Look, it doesn't look that bad." If that's people's posture about their standalone that they bought in 2021, they're going to it's going to be hard to get them to come over. For the same reason it's tough to get people to switch from the PS4 to the PS5. Even if they were available right now on every shelf in every store, adoption rate from PS4 to PS5 would be slow. It would take a while. And what that means is, is it means you're going to see a slow, this is something we've talked about a lot, right? A slow amount and trickle of PS5 only titles. Why? Market saturation's lower, so they want to they make sure they maximize sales to make things available for the PS4. Now, what they could do is, is they could make a really high fidelity, amazing VR game that can scale down on the standalones. But again, I think that's just going to be a market challenge of... That's a lot of extra work to sell to a slice of the gaming market. I look at Sony's number. A 5% attach rate to the PS4 was enough for them to develop the PSVR 2. Quest 2 is standalone, but can be plugged into a PC for heavy applications. Right, and that would be the other thing is can they get good good adoption rates and then come out with like uh, an update or a firmware or a patch that lets you plug it into a PC you know for newer games and stuff so you can either opt to buy, buy a new stronger one or just plug it into a PC that's also a possibility I would think I don't doubt Sony when it comes to developing hardware. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they've proven themselves. I think they're, I think they're, um, I think their unit is 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 gonna is gonna be one of the more impressive ones going forward. And I think that the Horizon VR experience will probably uh, be one of the reasons it does well because it'll it'll really it'll really convince people. They'll be like, okay, this is worth getting. Uh, I'm getting I'm getting the premiere ready for you guys. We got a premiere about why does it do this? <laughs> I don't get why YouTube does that.
So we have a larger channel that we premiere videos on every day about things happening in uh, the content creator marketplace um, and and today's video is about the co-founder of Twitch launching an NFT marketplace um, Uh, and I'll give you guys the hyperlink we stream for like 6 hours over here and we usually end the day with roughly 200 people hanging out We, we it's pretty predictable now where we end every day around 200 people and I need as many of you as are willing to head over uh, to this premiere and give it, give it some love it's actually pretty interesting the way they're setting up their NFT marketplace, they actually want some of their NFTs to be usable in other NFT games, which is ex- extraordinarily interesting to me. So please click the link in chat. I'll put an announcement in the Discord as well. Uh, please give these 3 p.m. premieres on Present some love. That channel has been doing very, very reliably well. It's not busting at the seams. and It's not amazing, but it's being very reliably. It's doing very reliably well. Uh, since we unlisted all the Destiny videos. So help us out. Show them some love. Click the, click the link in chat. I'll see you over there in the chat for a video about the Twitch co-founder launching an NFT marketplace. All right. I'll see you guys over there. And then I'll see you tomorrow as well.